The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effect you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. What's up, everybody? Let me put my shades on. I almost forgot. I was like, why is it so bright in here, yo? What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. Just to keep in Brooklyn. Ah, I broke out something different this time. <laughs> oh, where you from? Brooklyn going out to all. I gotta add that next time. <laughs> Capital. I gotta add that more often. Indeed, indeed. You know when you when when you're when you're a, a kid from Brooklyn and, and you're a star like that, you gotta have the shades on. So you know it's gonna actually that actually just reminded me of something else. I uh I might need to try to find for you. Um, Hakeem Jeffries was on The View, right? And he was um and he was mentioned in Brooklyn, and it was like uh, and of course people out in the audience was like woo. And he was like, yeah, yeah, somebody's somebody's always out there out, out there from Brooklyn. That's right. <laughs> and I wanted to get that uh that sound clip. So I'm about to pull that one. But this, folks, is the comic book chronicles, uh, and you could which you can find on the Coast of the Podcast Network that's CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find us on your podcast proves a place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And the Coastal Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, because it matters there. Indeed. Oh, you know what? I forgot to put the part up, but that's fine. We could do that real quick. Uh, you could also find us recording, well, usually every Thursday, mostly every Thursday night, um, on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. Yes, mostly because life obviously does get in the way. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and hit the notification button, that bell, uh, so that you know when we are on live and direct recording and broadcasting. Absolutely. We are coming to you tonight on a Friday night for such for such reason. Uh, that being protocol, uh, excuse me, movie protocol. But we're And we were going to get into that in a second. But first, we're going to talk about uh, the recently released uh, first three episodes of Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3 that uh, just graced us. 
Yes, uh, absolutely. So, uh, do we have the titles? Because I know that they were titled separately. I am looking them up. Right, I remember the last one was Shadows of uh, Tantus or something like that. So I'm looking them up now. Right, right. right. But uh, bottom line is these first three episodes set the stage for this what we know to be the final season of the Bad Batch, and we catch up with all of our characters, including supporting characters. So, if I recall correctly, that first episode, um, wow, you know, it's funny. I actually watched them all in a bunch, mm-hmm. so I'm having trouble recalling exactly what happened. I could actually use uh, an episode recap. I, want, I hope there's, there's something out there. There probably is. There we go. Here. Uh, oh, that's just that. All right. The first episode is called Confined. The second episode is called Path Unknown, and the third one is called Shadows of Tantus, which, of course, <laughs> they love doing their shadows of something. Right, right, right. So the, I guess so, so, so now that kind of clues me in as to how these episodes broke down. The first episode gets us caught up with Omega mm-hmm. and what she's up to and unfortunately how this all ties into um, The Force Awakens. Um yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. The second episode, and I, this is just very broad, uh, uh, broad stroke stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat for his thoughts. The second episode uh, catches us up with um, uh, Hunter and Wrecker, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the two um, members of the Bad Batch who are out and about. Um, I forgot to mention that we do catch up with Cross, Crosshair. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say Crossfire. I was like, no, it's not Crossfire. Not the video, not the uh, the old school uh, marble board game. But uh, I'm so glad you remember cross- that. <laughs> I had it. I had that game. Mm-hmm. I had that. I played that at home with my with my uh, sibling and uh, and and extended family a lot. Nice. Um, but um, but cross, you know, Crosshair is also in. Um, in captivity with not together with uh, Omega, but in the same facility. Right. And the third episode is how the wheels turn to get this group of clone siblings, as it were, uh, together. Right. We're not there yet, but the wheels start turning in episode three. And with that, I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat for his thoughts. But that's essentially how the first three episodes laid out the story so far. Yeah, um, I know for some, they would probably, you know, might need to look at, and I'm sure there's no shortage of them out there, a um, kind of a recap episode of what's been going, what's happened since, you know, since the last season ended. Um, and like I said, I'm sure that is definitely out there. Um, as a matter of fact, I know for, for a fact that it is. But the the, the three episodes you get why they do this stuff like, like this is not the first time they have done like hey here's a we're gonna throw all three of these episodes out you know just to kind of get this kicked off um and i'm kind of glad they you know they didn't make us wait um in a way i'm kind of glad they didn't make us just wait for for them separately you know um i'm not sure if they're going to do the same thing as i think they did with the last season in that um the the first couple were the first couple and the last couple of episodes kind of came out, you know, on on um, in, on one night, basically. Um, but I don't know 
if that's going to happen here. We know it's starting out the way it is with the three episodes, so there is that. Um, and from what I'm seeing, from according to IMDb, it looks like there are 15 episodes in this season, if this is to be believed. Okay. So, um, because you never know, because like sometimes, and just like the you know, there's around the going rate for the the seasons of of the show. Well, I guess it's one less than the other two seasons from what I'm seeing here, but nevertheless, you know, around the same number. So this being the last uh, season of the show, which is already kind of tempting. Um, showing shades of how it might end in a way. I don't know if anything that that has been seen uh, in the first three episodes is going to be a, an, an ongoing thing for the season, but it sure seems to be the case. And obviously, since and this is the last season, you know, you kind of go, uh, there is the kind of the concern about, well, what's going to happen to everyone that is still around? Right. Um, which as agent seven said, yeah, the, the only two that are, well, um, the only two that are kind of out and looking for Omega and, uh, Crosshair are, uh, Hunter and Wrecker. Um, although I, this is a slight spoiler. Um, the first episode had the, of course the recap, you know, um, before it started and, um, the, the fallen member tech was shown sometimes that, you know, Sometimes just just because, well, this is just a recap and that's all it is to it. But sometimes when they do stuff like that, it just means that, hey, this character might actually show back up some uh, some way, right. shape or form. Um, right. And I'm not going to say which way, you know, which way either way in, in this. But uh, regardless, you do get a you know halfway serviceable, serviceable recap uh, c- coming into the first three episodes. So, um. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of what the the the, the rest of the season come out. You know, I'm just want to savor it all, and I'm thinking, I'm guessing that it's going to continue to come out on Wednesdays per per usual. Um, and I haven't seen anything. Um, actually, I should get off the IMD page because the, the some of those thumbnails are kind of uh, telling something. Oh, the spoilery! <laughs> They're spoilery. Well, at the at, at the very least of who may end up showing up on an episode or two. Well, we know that they are, we already know from the tra- if I'm not mistaken, the trailer already shows us a particular uh, female character. Yes, but that's not who I'm talking about. Okay, just checking. Yeah, you can you can see why I was speaking so. Mm-hmm. Vaguely. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Well, let me phrase that. The one that I just saw, as far as as, as I know, is not the one it, that, that you might be thinking of. But I think I know who you're thinking about, and it's definitely right. not that person. So, which again, we already know. So yeah, that makes <laughs> that makes some sense. So that being said, I don't know. There's really not much else to say without trying to you know giving up giving up some details on it, and we don't want to do that because it's, um, even even despite the fact that it is we are recording on a Friday and the episodes came out on Thursday, you know, people are just really getting to them this weekend. Wednesday. Right. Wednesday. Right. Yeah. Wednesday, excuse me. Um, and, and it's Friday when we're recording, you know, you know so. yeah, we try not to overly spoil it if it's within the first week. So, you know, but ultimately what we said is it's a good start. I'm glad that they dropped three 
mm-hmm. because it really whets the appetite for the rest of the season. Yeah, totally. And like I said, the these three episodes put together makes a whole, make a whole lot of sense. Uh, presented the way they are, because that way you could just kind of go into the rest of the season and be like, okay, well, this is this is the case, this is the case, and this is the case. Right. Keep them keep them pushing. <laughs> so, but yeah, Bad Batch. I've actually think I talked to somebody who has never seen Bad or said has never seen Bad Batch, and I'm like, huh. That's interesting, but I also don't know how they feel about, you know, um, which I forgot to ask, uh, about Star Wars stories and stuff in general. Um, right. Or the animated stuff. So, you know, I would say, hey, the show's great. You know, the show's been pretty good. Um, we will see how it ends up. <laughs> if, if it continues to be good as it ends, you know, then all, all a part of the magic, you know. The Felony verse is still strong. Definitely, definitely. Um, that right. being the case, uh, one agent seventy. The, the reason why we are uh, coming to you uh, a day later went to go once again go see <laughs> the uh, the Demon Slayer um, e- event happening in the movie theaters. Uh-oh. Right. Right. So what was, what's in the movie theaters right now is episode 11, the final episode of the so- the Swordsmith Village Arc. Right, which is extra which is an extra long episode. And we get episode 1 of the Hashira Training Arc, which is brand brand new for the new season. And let me tell you something folks, it's a lot of fun to see um uh, the last episode of uh the Swordsmith Village Arc on the big screen. It was a lot of fun to see that. It's so it's if there's one thing I can say about Demon Slayer and it's something that was relayed to me by uh, um, an old friend of mine who who told me that her daughter had gotten her into Demon Slayer. Her daughter's like a uh, like a tween. Right. Or I want to say like late junior high school, maybe even early high school. Hmm. And one thing she told me was that she just thought that Demon Slayer is just beautiful to watch. Checks out. And it absolutely is. You know, UFO Table kills it every time. And, you know, it's it's it's, it's just remarkable to see it on a giant screen. So, you know, if you can, try to check it out. And, you know, we'll get more of uh, these anime uh, premieres in movie theaters the more people will go to see this thing. I wanted to also mention that in the trailers, we saw the Spy X Family or Spy Family uh, movie trailer. Hmm, okay. Which and which is going to drop in May or March or April, something like that? I believe it's April. Um... Actually, here I got it. Well, I do have an article on it. We'll talk about it later. So, <laughs> right. Ultimately, no, but ultimately, that may end up being our next movie protocol. It might be. Yeah. You know, it depends on it depends on uh, uh, times and showings and whatnot. Right. But that might be it because I think what was my line of thinking before is that our next movie protocol wouldn't happen until probably Deadpool three. Or Deadpool and Wolverine now, mm. but we might do Spy X Family before that. April nineteenth. We'll 
There it is. Which is not that far away because, no. you know, like we always kind of ruefully joke, February has come and almost gone. Yeah. You know, it's unbelievably already the last week in the last full week in February. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Shortest month of the year. Bigger most <laughs> with the most history. Um, mm. As I should have said previously. Um, so yeah, we, yeah, that, that spy family one is, is probably going to happen. I kind of wanted to do the demon slayer one, but I was like, I had other things to do. So, well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that's something that, you know, you can make time to go see. It's not like night of, you know, like first night gotta go, you know, it's, it's almost the same thing with, um, Godzilla minus one. Like if you really, you know, have an urge to go see it, you go see it. You know, like I happen to have a friend who wanted to go see it, too. So we went, you know, right. Shout out to Boss Jones. Indeed, indeed. Um, Also, I was going to say Demon Slayer um, crossing generations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you got to love it when when uh, when a piece of media can do that. Um, So, yeah, although I don't know, you, you said you're you're. Your, your friend's mom, I assume, there are... There are... No, 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 no. It's my friend's daughter. Excuse me, your friend's daughter. Yes, yes, yes. Your, but, but, the, but the mom, your friend, I assume, is around our age? Yes. And were, were they yeah. already into uh, anime, bro? Was not... Not at all. That's that was there we go. So that was the part I was trying to get to. <laughs> so yeah. Like... yeah, yeah, no, I figured, I, I figured that, was, that was what your point was anyway. Right. You know, is that it's crossing generations. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're, we happen to be more, uh, you know, obviously <clears throat> because we're fans of the genre and fans of that type of storytelling, we, we would be more, uh, more, uh, more ready for it. But obviously for someone who's not, you know, all they have to do is kind of watch a little bit of it and just really appreciate how well done it is. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take much. It does not take much. And with that, folks, uh, we're going to move on to the books of the week. We will definitely be talking about more Demon Slayer when, when you know, when uh, when it actually comes out proper. <laughs> right. So, but we start off this week's books with Ultimate Spider-Man number two. All righty. Ultimate Spider-Man number two is written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Marco Cacchetto, uh, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So uh, I'm going to lead off this particular recap by saying that this is certainly a candidate for Click of the Week for me. I legitimately, earnestly, definitely enjoyed reading this because now we've gotten to the real i mean obviously the first issue is lots of setup for hickman's take on this ulti- this new ultimate version of spider-man and there are a lot of difference there are a lot of differences and different takes on and twists on what we know to be like canon in the um 616 spider-man that he that hickman is adapting for this new ultimate spider-man but let me tell you, he take the Hickman takes that 
to another level in this issue by teasing a lot of twists and I want to say tweaks to what we know by adapting and borrowing from other characters and other appearances of Spider-Man in other media. And with that, I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat. And I'm glad you said other media because it does seem there, there could, I don't want to put this on this, but it's the ultimate universe. So it's going to happen anyway. There is not necessarily a MCU vacation, but as they just said, to say, it kind of borrows from the other media, such as the, the MCU, because we see, you know, we, we, we see a Peter here who's, um, um, kind of coming into things in, in a different way than what we've seen in the, the main universe. Uh, but not terribly different from what we have seen on screen. Right. Um, and in the way that Hickman puts it out here makes it kind of fun. There is a costume choice, um, right off the bat. That was, that is two very costume curious. choices. Well, yes, yes, yes. But the, the, two the first, costume yeah, but the initial uh, one that we see was an, an interesting choice that uh, H70 and I was talking about before the show, and I was like, "Huh, this does kind of seem like that in in a way." Uh, um, but we were not giving some some informations about a couple of key uh, about a couple of particular um, things about the costume, right? Uh, as of yet, call it what I was saw- saying earlier: a tweak. And kind of right. borrowing from other characters. Right. So, which also begs the question, like, well, and they're not really playing into it that much, but I'm kind of wondering if a similar situation is going to come back up at a later date with this, with this book. But I don't know. We don't, we, we don't know um, the particulars about this thing, first off. So we don't know the case. Or at least I can say I don't recall that we do. Um, because like I said, we kind of see, uh, Peter kind of going through the motions. It, it, the book is kind of fun. It's also a potential click of the week for myself because of it, because of, uh, how, um, how, how Hickman, uh, handles this version of P- Peter and his interactions with other people and already screwing up <laughs> in a couple of different way. I was going to say, and actually putting that right into the story. Mm-hmm. Putting it right into the story, right into this version of Peter's thoughts, mm-hmm. inner monologue, actually reading along with us and our thinking, mm-hmm. trying to figure out, well, so if this is how uh, this version of Spider-Man starts, already knowing that, knowing how things have changed, he already knows how things have changed because of you know, it's part of his origin. So part of his thought process, thought of that inner monologue that we, that we are privy to in this issue, you know, is basically us kind of thinking along with him, like, Mm -hmm. wait a second. So is this how this is going to work? If we're catching up with a Spider-Man who's two weeks on the job, right? Not only two weeks on the job, but two weeks and some years, well Old. after the fact, right, some years older than what we initially, you know, see him as in the, the main universe. 
So he's kind of coming to it a little a, a lot later than he would have or initially mm. initially. And actually, I guess it goes to say for some who are not um, pay, uh, um, following along with the ultimate stuff. So, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing because it's a whole thing anyway. But um, the reason why this is happening is because this is basically a, a remake of the Ultimate Universe that the an evil Reed Richards kind of um, crafted. Um, but he crafted in a way the way some major heroes did not uh, come into being right off the bat or at all. So right. we are in a world where, okay, so Spider-Man did not, did have happen originally when, um, when, when he would have. So, um, there is that. And some, some other heroes, which we will get into once, you know, when the other stuff start popping off, like, um, ultimate black Panthers just already started this. And then the uh, ultimate is coming up at some point. So this is a world that's kind of like, okay, well this happened, but now, some of the folks are starting to get hip to what is going on in this world, almost a house of M style. Um, but also kind of regaining what was, uh, what was taken from them. Right. Initially. So can which I makes t- it a little bit I more compelling. What was the, what, mm-hmm. what is that character's name in the, in the, in the main amazing book? Is it Paul? Yes. Oh, yeah. MJ's, he, yeah, dude. He, yeah. Yeah. He, 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 I cannot wait until he bites the dust. <laughs> Cannot wait. I may be. I listen. I I can only imagine Marvel editorial saying, "Well, you know what? If you don't like them, just read Ultimate." I may end up doing that. I mean, yeah, that is optional. I mean, we already know that you know somebody's dropped the main uh, the 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 main Black Panther book for the Ultimate version so far. So it's it is a thing that can happen. Um, And like I said, because of this issue, you know, it's still continuing to be uh, a, a a treat to read the the way it is. It is also bringing the question. Obviously, if you know enough of Spider Man history and have read this book, uh, you will see some things are very much different from what they were, and you kind of wonder if some of this stuff is going to play out or come back around and play out like they have in the main universe. Um. Mm-hmm. So, just like, well, I don't. Did you read uh, Ultimate Black Panther? Did you finally read it, or no? I have not caught up to it yet. Okay. Okay. Well, then I won't. You know. So. I have not. I mean, I I don't know when I will, but I I have not yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. But nevertheless, like I said, the because of the differences in the how this world was shaped and and what's going on in it now, that it kind of lends itself to whether some events that we know would happen or, um, or, or have had happened or, or originally is going to happen. One of which kind of is already there. Well, not kind of already there, but it's kind of on the precipice because if you're watching the video version, you can see the uh, cover of ultimate Spider-Man number two. So, and you see, there is a familiar looking uh, villain who does show up, but not in the way that this, uh, not in the way that the cover is suggesting. Right. Also, borrowing from other media. Yep. Which yeah. very much so mm-hmm. borrowing from other media. Mm-hmm. So you know, which again, like I said, the Ultimate Universe, you know, in the um, in its making, ended up being the MCU anyway. So it's kind of funny how things are kind of turning <laughs> turning about. Well, to a certain extent. To yeah. a certain extent. 
Yeah, obviously, you know, very big chunks of the Ultimate Universe became the MCU, mm. but they were very uh, wise to incorporate much of the original 616 canon into the MCU in order to get rid of certain, you know, quote unquote modernizations like Cap being a jerk face. Right? Right? Sure. Hey, time will tell. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Yeah, you no, know, you're right. You're saying, right. In but, terms of the MCU, right? They right. made Cap like literally a Boy Scout the way he was in the 616. Right. But he is in the 616, not not ultimate, you know, level jerk face. Right. So, but, uh, but yeah, like I said, um, if you are interested, you should check out, definitely check out Ultimate Spider-Man number two. Um, some would argue you could probably go ahead and read. I mean, it's not like I said, it's only two issues and you can read it without the prior knowledge that we've kind of sort of just given you about the, 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 the world at large in here. Oh, and ultimate, right. And the ultimate invasion uh, miniseries. Right. Yeah, although, to be honest, I did recommend this series even before I read Ultimate Spider-Man number two today. Um, but with the person I recommended it to, I, I went in with the caveat of saying, if you really want to understand this, read Ultimate Invasion. Yes. You don't need it, but if you want to understand it, read Ultimate Invasion. Greetings. Yes. Um, um, the Gaming Panda 79, who's in chat, was uh, um, said, what's up, fellas? We're, uh, what are we talking about? The new Ultimate run? We are talking. Yes, we are talking about Ultimate Spider-Man uh, number two that came out this yes. week. So um, I'm hoping that's coming up on the screen. <laughs> uh, um, our wait. Are you going to do Ultimate Thor? Is Immortal Thor going to be the mainline title for Thor? I'm not entirely sure what you mean. Uh, but um, as Ultimate, I mean, excuse me, Immortal Thor is the Thor in the six one six right now. I'm not, I'm not sure. Did they even say they were doing an Ultimate Thor? I think they did, or was he still well, going to? They're doing an Ultimate Thor in the Ultimates book, right. but I don't think he's going to have his own book. Right. That's what I was uh, about to say. So, so, uh, but yeah, Immortal, uh, Immortal Thor is the only Thor book that is out there and probably is going to be out there uh, at this point. And it's very good. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Al Ewing, it's, it's good stuff. Um... That being the case, we are going to move on to our next book, which we're going to stay on the Hickman train here for for uh, uh, a moment longer. With sure, God's number five. God's number five is written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Valerio Schiti, colors by Marte Gracia, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So this book, has, this issue, takes a bit of a swerve, a bit of a detour from the events of the last issue. This issue is a nice little detour, which uh, kind of circles back to one of the new. Well, there are obviously a lot of new characters introduced in Gods, right? It's literally a whole bunch of retconned characters into the regular canon of the six one six. But this is one of the new younger characters being uh, explored, and I really appreciated. Um, that they kept, you know, they, they kind of assume once you're five issues in, you've figured out who 
is an avatar of this this faction and who is an avatar of this faction and you're sending this new character on an adventure and at the end of the adventure you find out that not all is peachy keen with this new character because of uh uh you know these two factions not always getting along right and i'm speaking in very big general terms because as our very own uh, Tim Dog ninety eight once put it, "There's a lot of mumbo jumbo in this. There's a lot of mumbo jumbo." But this new character uh, Mia is, you know, kind of caught in between the powers that be and the natural order of things. So you gotta love it, man. Yeah, indeed. Um, it's it's actually kind of funny because. Um... In a slight way, you can kind of liken her to uh, Emily from uh, Strange Academy, just a little bit, because she's younger and she just kind of came into, you know, what she's got going on now. Um, um, but I don't think she's going to go the same way Emily did in, in Strange Academy. That we know of, as far as we know, because and we've heard some uh, things about this book. Um, excuse me, but with that we will talk about later. So, but yeah, as Agent Sandy said, there is there's a lot of Hickman mumbo jumbo. Shout out to shout out to Tim Dog uh, for that saying, and um, you know, still playing with his toys in, in a bit because in the beginning we see some uh, we we uh, we see some folks and uh, a reference to some of his old work on on um, uh, uh, pre Secret Wars twenty fifteen Secret Wars. That he kind of brings back into uh, that he has actually brought back in play here, uh, which was kind of funny. It was like, okay, so you only had one then, you're just gonna bring a whole slew of them in now. And then they reference to one name which I hadn't heard in a good long while since then, uh, which is kind of funny. So, is that what that was? The the name that he uh when mentions yeah. to the yes is that is that where all how because I was like wait a second what how are all these characters connected Robin Malal the the swans all of that was from um yeah prior to um um uh, uh Secret Wars oh you gotta love it I knew that's that I knew that um which one call it that um <clears throat> the the, the reference was there. It was kind of like kind of rattling around in my head. So I needed that little extra nudge. Right. You know, this is it's very much. Oh, we were just talking about a character revisiting um, a writer that is revisiting all the characters that they like, uh, like um, uh, uh, Jim McKay. Right. Yes. They're the little there are writers that love to revisit. Uh, elements of other books that they've worked on in their current book. Mm-hmm. I guess Hickman is no stranger to that. Oh no, he's very much not. <laughs> so that's interesting. Now I'm gonna, man. What, what what? Can you imagine if I had actually picked up on that and just like plugged that into the wiki, you know, in, into Google? And be like, oh. Mm-hmm. So, because at first I was like, "Wait a minute, what is going on with this? With 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 the the, the little bitty swans going on here?" And sure enough, it's like, "Oh, okay, we've got." And then, like I said, the name that gets referenced halfway through the story, I'm like, "Uh, yep, there we go." 
Hickman's doing his thing. (laughs) Playing with his toys again. Um, But yeah, so if you can get past the the mumbo jumbo part, it is a potentially interesting thing going on here. To what extent? Um, We still don't exactly know. And we may or may not ever know. Um, Maybe not in this form. Yes. uh, Given the news that we will talk about later on. But you know, I'm looking to see what what uh what what hand it shows. Uh, for the time being, but it's kind of definitely it's kind of one of those books. It's like you have to, you um you have to not necessarily study the word, but you kind of have to get it. You you gotta gotta get into it. So, it's also something funny because um I think somebody mentioned um um. Shouting out Hickman's uh, data pages from in the X corner to my right to my. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't get this one particular page, you know, data page from that executioner's book. Uh, uh, I mean, extermin- uh, what's it? Executioner, not executioner. The book we were talking about with uh, the uh, last week, um, exterminators. I think it was where Dazzler and, and Jubilee and them was um, right. Was a, some, some somebody was referencing a, a data page out of that, which was kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's. It's kind of the thing. <laughs> Those data pages can be a lifesaver in certain cases. Right. Like, what in the world's going on? But nevertheless, we're uh, not much of that going on here. But there are there were some. Um, but actually, speaking of said data pages, we're going to move into the next book uh, that we're talking about in the X corner, which is Rise of the Powers of X number two. Oh boy. Rise of the Powers of X number two is written by Kieran Gillen with art by R.B. Silva, colors by David Curiel, and letters by V.C.'s Clayton Cowles. There's a lot going on here, folks. And if you think we were joking about the data pages becoming very much relevant, even important to the reading experience and to the comprehension of the story that's occurring in the pages before you guess what if you if you miss or skip a particular set of data pages in this issue you won't understand what the hell is going on i'm specifically referring to the data page that describes what has happened in that first issue and into early parts of this issue of the rise of the powers of X or rise of the powers of 10. We're talking about no place X, right? That's the most minor spoiler I can give you what no place X is, where it is, how it affects the story. That's super important. So you cannot, I repeat, you cannot skip those two data pages. Yeah. In any event, Right. In any event, I will say that we're finally getting to see what Rasputin 4 was meant for, literally. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we all thought that character was one of the coolest visuals that came out of Hoxpox, the earliest days of Hoxpox. Right? We're trying to figure out how Rasputin 4 all fits into this. Right. We also get a little bit of time travel shenanigans. Um, you know, the, we, we get the, uh, the, 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 the formation, the, the, I guess the next steps in the plan, let's say, 
And interestingly enough, some people are left in the dark. Some people suspect they know what's going on. The roadie plan may not be in effect. Right. It may be in effect. It may not be in effect. And what I'm referring to is the uh, the, the the scene from Endgame, you know, that. <laughs> so, you know, I'm doing the I'm doing the uh, the the using the the the, the, the choking, choking yeah. uh, arm move. But, um, you know, bottom line, uh, this is a lot of fun, but it's not an easy thing to jump in on you definitely need to have a fairly deep understanding of what has been going on in the fall of x to get to this point and uh hand it off to Roger. that yeah that's true i mean it's, it's you pretty much said uh, the majority of it um so oh, and Mark, i just can yeah. go you know jump in a lake yeah especially when when uh if doug has something to say about it which right. we come to find out the, you know, things continue to be in certain cases not what they seem. Because at first, I thought it was out, weirdly out of character for, um, uh, a cipher to say a thing, to, to to bring up a thing that he said in the beginning of his book about just going ahead and going further than the roadie plan, quote unquote. Um, all right. So I was like, wow, that's a little hardcore for that dude. And and, and we find out why, <laughs> which once you find out why, it's like, okay. And you've been keeping up with what's been going on with this. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, this is as much as I hate to say it, this is probably going to be one of those, just like Hoxbox is that's going to be better read in trade. Uh, unless you've been keeping up with, you know, like luckily the uh, rise and fall have been coming out, you know, um, you know, um, adjoining weeks or, or biweekly with, uh, between each other. So, or I think that's the case. Um, but we know uh, fall came out last week, so it's kind of stand to reason. For, um, but nevertheless, they've been coming out in a way that's like, well, at least you're going to get two sides of the same, the story, just like much like Hoxbox was, but they will definitely read way better once it's all collected in a thing. You may still have some stuff, you know, to kind of seek out, uh, from the midst of the Krakoan era. But, uh, since we are nearing the end of it and we got a little bit of news of, uh, about that later on in the show also, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those things this is where that's going to be kind of, key to 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 understanding if you're coming to it in a certain way or at a certain time yep yep yep. that being said uh let's see what we got next on the docket we got met cadets number six of six met cadets number six of six this is published by boom studios it's written by greg pock with uh, illustrations by Takeshi Miyazawa, colors by Ian Herring, and letters by Simon Boland. So this is the last issue of this particular Mech Cadets series, right? It's number six of six, and it does wrap up the immediate story. It brings things to a fairly satisfying conclusion but leaves things on a cliffhanger. 
that we kind of all saw coming, but we're still pretty surprised to see. Right. So I'll leave it at that and let Roddy Cat give his thoughts. So yeah, the, the, it's kind of one of the things with this series. Like, all right, you, you get a couple of issue, uh, episodes of some, you know, of not necessarily rhetoric, but you know, sometimes you talk about it interspersed with some action, and then it ends up being well, the last issue, which you know, which as Agent Seventy Six says, completes this arc uh, until the next one. Kind of gets us in a place as some action. There's some, you know, some 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 things kind of being worked out to bring us to this point. But it's enough, at least I feel that way, that it makes you, um, you can't wait for for to see when what's gonna you know what's the next thing to come about and or and or when because I don't think it says in the back of the book. But the way Pac has been putting those uh, and Crew's been putting these uh, books out, I'm kind of wondering if he's already ahead of the game at this point, and it's probably just a matter of them putting it out in the next month or two. Um. So I'm I'm happy to see the story continue because it's actually pretty good. Talk to me as I was art always still great. So <laughs> there's there's uh, nothing wrong there. Um, it would almost be if this was actually the end of this uh, book, I would have been like, well, I'm sad to see it go. And I am kind of but we know it's going to be back or we feel fairly decently that it's going to be back, yeah. especially with the way it left off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the best way to put it is that we have uh, a relatively good amount of confidence that this book will continue in another form. It may not be called Mech Cadets because remember the original title of the series was Mech, Mech Cadet U, mm-hmm. but because of the Netflix adaptation, they went to Mech Cadets. So they may continue with Mech Cadets or they may, you know, adjust the title. Right, and the funny part about that is, I'm glad you brought that up, is because even in that particular original series, um, it was more about the group than just the one person, and it right. continues to be that way in in uh, in this series, uh, as, as well as the, the Netflix series, which I still need to go back and finish watching, actually. So. That was the funny about thing about the first series uh, the make it, that you was like, well, it ended up not being about him as much as you know everybody around him, right? So, so. Because it, it because it, like in the end, as you said, it ended up developing mm-hmm. into more of a book, right? Which doesn't take away from it, by the way. It's just like it, it's just kind of funny. It's like, well, it was about him originally, and like so he's I don't want to say he's taking a back seat, but he's because he's still there. But you know, it's just like, well, mm-hmm. the people around him are just kind of stepping up into. You know, right. Filling out, becoming more than just supporting cast. Right. That's really what happened. They're becoming far more than just supporting cast. Right. And it almost seemed like he is the the supporting cast in a way. Um, To a certain extent. To a certain extent. It's definitely much more of an ensemble book in this form because they call it now Mech Cadets. Right. So. So good stuff if, if you are interested in it and like said, and if you've uh, kind of been along for the ride. Uh, at some point, I'm sure we'll find out when the, when the next uh, arc of this uh, happens because I, I'm really waiting to see how that plays out. Sure. Uh, and our last book that we're going to talk about, uh, at least... Um, that we have in common. That we have in common is Spider-Woman number four. 
Spider-Woman number four is written by Steve Fox with art by Carola Borelli, colors by Arif Prianto, and letters by VC's Joe Sabino. Guess what, folks? This is the last issue of the crossover with Gang War. And it wraps up how Gang War ties into Spider-Woman's latest run. I will say it makes sense that they brought Gang War in to mask a particular development, literally and figuratively. And we get a lot of exposition here and explanation as to why something makes more sense in the pages of Spider-Woman than it would in virtually any other book. Because the character's experience mirrors something that happened to Jessica Drew herself. Right. And that's something I was not familiar with, so I appreciated, you know, that particular tie-in or or, or kind of, uh, you know, continuing in uh, those footsteps to create this this new character. And I I understood it. I, I'm still not a fan of it because it's a little too wonky, too science fiction-y, but it's Marvel <laughs> Comics after all, folks. Actually, I want to say that in my note, my notes. Oh, really? In a way. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So bottom line, though, is, you know, I was hesitant to, to, to say that this was going to continue past the gang war uh, series uh, crossover, but it is, you know, we're going right into issue five and we'll see, you know, hopefully the, the, uh, this series has some time to breathe and uh, tell and, and Fox has the, the, the time and the space to tell the story he wants to tell. Right. And and hand off to Roddy Cat. I was about to say, and I would hope that it goes further, farther than what this initial um, um, point brought up, which which is continuing from Gang War. And yeah, I, I kind of agree with you about the whole, like, yeah, this, this, we have seen books that start uh, and Spider Woman is actually no, no stranger to it. Actually, uh, that start in the middle of a, an event, start from an event. Sometimes they go way farther than you would expect them to. Talking to me about you, Savage Avengers, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and still others that for Savage Avengers going right. on and on and being like, that's still going on, right? Right, and even into a, 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 another volume. That was that was a trip. Um, right. But start in an event and sometimes lose steam coming out of it or, you know, whatever the case may be, which is a sad state of affairs, especially with a character like Spider-Woman or Silk or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at least like Age of 70 said, like, this makes sense as to why this character <clears throat> is in gang war in this particular way, you know, and tied into the mission that she is on. Uh, which brings me to the thing I, I'll, I'll leave off on. There was an explanation of that whole situation that, uh, uh, that uh, Agent 70 kind of mentioned that at first was like, okay, I halfway get it, but also that's not explaining everything because so part of that doesn't make sense. And then you kind of keep reading and it's like, okay, well, there's the other part of that. Comics. Right. So, and as they just ever said, kind of science fictiony, but also comics have kind of done weird things like this uh, uh, in itself. So, 
the the fact that this uh, issue uh, this issue is kind of moving them past gang war, I'm hoping is going to be for the better, or or end up being for the better, and hopefully continue uh, past possibly getting to where you think Steve Fox is going with this. Um, with her, with uh, Jess, and another character that she's uh, that she's interacting with now. So we shall see, though. Uh, and with that, I guess uh, we can move on to uh, rapid fire. Yes, we will. Rapid fire review time. I ain't got time to bleed. First up is Nightwing number 111. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Sammy Bossery, inks by Vicente Cifuentes, colors by Adriano Lucas, and letters by Wes Abbott. So we have gone pa- gotten past the crossover with the Beast World um, event, and we're moving back into the uh, regular Nightwing story, as it were. But we have a kind of a, a a guest appearance here by a character you cannot be surprised is going to make a guest appearance that is none other than Batman and um you know we're we're going back to the uh, the heartless story somewhat there seems to be a bit of a fake out here but all in all it's a nice to me a change of pace getting back to the Nightwing story that had been interrupted by um the Beast World uh, uh event and and other stuff happening in the meantime, um, you know, there was that whole uh, pirate thing, you know, dealing with um, Bia um, and and kind of revealing what her actual uh, origin was and you know, kind of circling back to that character. But, uh, you know, it's it's nice that uh, this issue was, like I said, kind of a, a return to form. Next up is Daredevil number six. It's written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Aaron Cooter. Colors by Jesus Abertov and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Now, Friday Cat and I in our pre-production meeting were talking about these early issues, like single-digit issues of like current runs. We're getting a lot of guest appearances in these early issues to kind of help promote sales. Daredevil is telling an excellent story, but it definitely is also using other Marvel superheroes other marvel characters to help promote sales with guest appearances we've gotten uh she hulk we've gotten um uh who else have we gotten in this we've definitely gotten she hulk we've already seen an early appearance of bullseye um now we've gotten doctor strange in this issue and the cliffhanger page at the end of the issue reveals who the guest appearance is going to be for the next issue I'm really enjoying this, though. This is extremely well-written. It's very Daredevil. They've taken Daredevil into a direction we all thought they never would. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of exposition here, but at the same time, moving the story forward. So I definitely you... like this issue. Right. And I, I was just going to uh, finish my comments by saying that this is a candidate for Click of the Week for me. You were going to say? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was actually um, Gaming Panda 79 in the chat said, love the direction with Daredevil. The white outfit near, uh, really threw him. Them. Oh, yes. 
Yes, that threw me as well. It's not the first time, but it's hard to remember. You know, I'm, I you know I harken back to I believe it's the Nascenti run from like the early '90s um, when J- uh, John Romita Jr. was the uh, the active was the uh, monthly penciler for the book. But I definitely remember the white uh, like a white costume Daredevil for a little bit. Um, but uh, but yeah. You know, ultimately, this has been uh, a blast. I really like how it's written, you know, if much more so than, um, you know, Cooter's been on and off this book art wise. He has not been the, you know, he's the named penciler for the book. But I know that uh, the last several issues have been done by I don't want to say fill in pencilers, but other pencilers. So uh, or other artists. So. Uh, Cooter, you know, does a good job on this book, but I think Ahmed's Saladin Ahmed's writing really shines. Uh, next up is Guardians of the Galaxy Annual Number One. It's written by Colin Kelly with uh, and Jackson Lansing, former uh, guests of the Comic Book Chronicles. Art is by Kev Walker. Colors are by Matt Hollingsworth, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Guess what, folks? Guardians of the Galaxy Annual Number One wraps up Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing's story. It's a satisfying ending. And without spoiling things, it does change certain characters. It also puts certain characters back in the sandbox after Kelly and Lansing kind of changed a few. Right? So there may be a few changes that are longer lasting, but for the most part, a lot of characters have been, I think the best word is, restored. So I'll leave it at that and move on to Century Number 3. It's written by Jason Liu with art by Luigi Zagaria and David Cutler, colors by Arthur Hesley, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. This is apparently a four-issue limited series, apparently. And we have reached a point where it seems like we know, there's no guarantees though, but it seems like we know who will be um, taking up the Century Mantle. That's not guaranteed though. And to be honest, this issue actually explains how the events of the resurrection of Dr. Strange lead into this series. So if you're curious as to why century stuff is happening, read this issue. And that's it for me. I didn't want to have to, but I guess I will. (laughs) That's why I I dropped that particular nugget for people like you who (laughs) were like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'll take a look at it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, Gaming Panda in the chat said, uh, going back to Daredevil real quick. The story is so. I'm assuming going back to Daredevil. The story is so good. I didn't. I don't think the cameos are needed. Hmm. So, I think they help, and obviously they help with sales. Sure, always. Um. Uh, cool. All right. For my books, we start off with uh, James Bond, 007 number two. Uh, I can't remember the, the 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 subtitle of the book. I forgot to pull it, but that's fine. Um, written by Garth Ennis. Ennis. Art by Rafa Labasco. Colors by George Satil. 
and Letters by Rob Steele. So I'll just quickly say that uh, after a brush with public transportation uh, gets James in the mood to take on a crew that was trying to trying to take him out. Uh, he kind of has a debriefing with M that uh, sets him up for us for a trip to space. Because if we, you know, if we've known anything, James Bond in his life has gone to gone to space once or twice. You yeah, know. Were you going to say Bond in space? <laughs> no, I forgot to say you that one. You got to be of a certain vintage to get oh, that Oh, obviously. One. Yes, yes, yes. I could have said that, but I'm saving that one for something in the news, let's just say. Or something similar for something in the news. But, um, yeah, this um, it's a pretty action. Well, not action heavy, but it's a pretty bond-like story let's just say minus the you know um betting of beautiful women's part but uh you know who's to say that's going to happen uh during the course of the story can you leave that out i'm sorry i'm sorry to interrupt go ahead no no no, you're good i mean so if it's anything like now granted it's a different writer and different um uh creative crew there's there's probably going to be a, a, a scene that'll come up at some point i don't know how with where the end of this book, the, the the end of this book is is uh taking the character, but you know it's it's James Bond and think it happened. <laughs> and matter of fact, in in uh, the movies has happened. Not to think about it. Um, next book, Corporate Commander, number two of five, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Andrea Milana, uh, colors by Annalisa Leone, and letters by Russ Wooten. So we find uh, um, the commander in the swamps of what seems to be Florida. Uh, and this issue is might be a suggestion that the commander is originally from Florida by something that was said by uh, the, the, the person that was that is shadowing him, basically, from Cobra Law. Um, Cobra commander, Florida, man. He kind of. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> um but you would have to 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 read the issue to understand what uh, what what uh, what brought that up. But if you know anything about the Giajo universe and you know anything about the swamps, then you know that there's going to be a run-in with a certain um, rough around the edges, let's just say, group of or at least what to be known, what to we, who we know in other media as um, allies of Cobra but in this particular universe are not yet. Um, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they are the inspiration for our network's name. <laughs> um, I mean, kind of. I'm pretty sure that's who you're referring to, right? Uh, they're the, the, yes. The, those folks that you were thinking about are attached <laughs> to that. Yes. Um, but uh unfortunately they don't they don't um they don't get into that. They don't sing. <laughs> no, nowhere near. In fact, we don't even see the whole group. Actually, if you're watching the video version, you can see the um the cover for the issue in which um yeah, something like that kind of does actually happen. <laughs> in a way. Like there is a confrontation between the commander and this and part of this group. We also see a cameo by another Let's just say a sibling of the leader of the group, but we don't see the the um the actual leader of the group. 
yet. But it seems like uh, that's going to be a thing that might happen next issue if the commander can get out of a certain situation. Um, so if you don't know about the, this really, really quickly, so this is a uh, part of the Energon universe that Skybound setting up with G.I. Joe and Transformers and um, kind of rebooting the characters to, in a way. So they don't have the exact same origins um, as we would know them from, let's say, the Marvel books or the, the, the original cartoons. The, in fact, Cobra Commanders is kind of taking a little bit more from the, the movie uh, in this particular case, um, uh, and little changes here and there to that, actually, because from what I understand, it's not the case, and this um, issue is pretty much kind of bearing that out. So, um, he has been sent out by Globulus of Cobra uh, because he had a, a mission, the Cobra Co- Co- Commander had a mission to do, but obviously Cobra Commander is going to, you know, kind of do some things for himself. It looks like he's on the hunt for some Energon because he got a hold of some, um, he got a hold of a certain Cybertronian that he's learned some uh, things from, and now is kind of setting off to probably potentially start Cobra at some point. Who's to say? I feel like that's going to happen at the end of this uh, miniseries. But, uh, yeah, it's been pretty good so far. Very much action. Little, you know, a little bit more, um, I don't want to say rougher, but definitely a little bit more adultish in the action, I would say, uh, without being too graphic than you would have in, you know, the the Marvel book or the, even the, well, I can't say about the current because I heard the the, uh, the current uh, Larry Hummel book is kind of buck wild. <laughs> so... But it, nevertheless, there is that, and um, it's still a pretty good read. Next up is Star Trek number 17. Uh, excuse me for a second. There we go. Uh, written by actual, some very much working fellas, um, Colin K- Kelly and Jackson Lansing with Marcus Toe doing the art. Uh, colors by Lee Luffridge, and you'll understand what I'm what I, what I say about very much working because of what we've already said and some stuff in the news coming up. Um, colors by Lee Luffridge, like I said, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So, um, so recent events pretty much has um, Starfleet uh, on the bad side of a situation that is pretty much. Brewing into war, thanks to the Romulans' shenanigans and the Susan Kathy, as um, Cisco and crew had been sent to, you know, try to try to sway them to the side of the um, uh, of the Starfleet's and the Federation's way of thinking, but the Romulans kind of got to them first. Or got to him better, I should say. All the while, the planet, the Zinkethi home world, is pretty much shake, rattling, and rolling itself out of existence. But no one knows that except for Beverly Crusher and Scotty, who are pretty much damn near trapped underground. Meanwhile, there's a war almost brewing um, on the surface. And and uh, Harry Kim and, uh, and, and, and another ensign... Uh, kind of got into some stuff so this is, uh as if you can see on the cover you can almost kind of see what they kind of got into that is not making things better for what is going on here and um yeah we're, we're gonna see what's uh 
how all that shakes out in the next issue. So it still continues to be a good read. I've been enjoying this book, but I guess that's probably not a surprise if you know me. So next book is we're going back into Gang War territory with Luke Cage, Gang War number four of four, written by Rodney Rodney Barnes, art by Ramon Box. Uh, colors by Andrew Dollhouse and letters by VCs Travis Landum, Lanham. So, uh, eight to seventy asked me before the show, "How does this end?" And I pretty much say said uh, what I'm going to say now. It pretty much just ends. So it starts out with a fight, um, which with um, Alistair Smythe and a bunch of mechs, or uh, and a bunch of robots that he's made, and Luke Cage in a mech. Um, just let that soak in. Um, all the while, you know, him and the rest of his crew are basically trying to defend New York because of gang war still going on, or at least their little piece of, they're not their little piece, but, uh, you know, their, their section of New York while Spider-Man is off doing the other, other stuff that, uh, gets brought up in the course of this issue. But after, you know, Luke, uh, Luke and crew's fight is over, like I said, the, the thing just kind of ends. They kind of mention about the, um, the anti-vigilante law, which is still in effect that is going to get talked about or is being talked about, I guess, as of this issue. But we don't get anything else outside of a passing reference to what is going on in the park with Spidey and the other crew. And like I said before, this just before this issue just ends. So as they just haven't probably said, as did say before the show, yeah, Luke's probably going to end up back with the rest of the crew or with Spidey and the rest of the crew. Um, in the next issue of amazing Spider-Man. So that being said, if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover where you see Spider-Man and Luke fighting together. That doesn't happen at all. <laughs> like I said, we only see a passing reference to what's going on elsewhere in this, but nothing in here. So, there is that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And last book that I'm going to talk about is one that I skimmed before the show, which was amusing to me. And, and in uh, some way, Agent 70 is X-Force number 49, written by <laughs> Benjamin Percy. Art by, with, um, excuse me, by Robert Gill. Color artist Guru EFX and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. So the reason why this is amusing because um, we have long been wondering how they're going to deal with this whole dark beast, evil beast situation. Um, and as of last issue, a plan had been put in effect to counterattack, counteract um, what is going on with dark with uh, with uh, they're calling them Beast Prime in this uh, particular in this book. Because that has been a long-running beast. has been, been an evil jerk face for the longest time. So how better do you fight an evil beast than to bring up a past clone of the bubbling blue bouncing beast? Um, and that's what happens. Uh, that's what happened last issue. So kind of spoiler alert from that, which leads us into this issue where... Um, this new cloned beast finds out what's been going on since, um, you know, all the, the, the quote unquote years he, that he has been missing. And, uh, 
in true beast fashion, actually kind of does what a beast thing would do. Get out and try to take care of it himself, seems like. But he goes to seek out the help of a friend, and that is Wonder, Woman, Wonder Man, excuse me, whom, if you are uh, a longtime Avengers fan, you will remember when they were besties uh, back in the Avengers book, which is one of my favorite times of, of the Avengers book, uh, I will tell it. So I was kind of, so the only reason why I read the last issue was to to to, to, to see how it plays into this book. Um, of which is slightly annoying because while we see Wonder Man and, and, and Beast here together again, we have current Simon Williams, uh, Wonder Man, who is a pacifist and has been a pacifist for so long. And he says so every other five seconds in this issue. It's like, yes, we get it. Which, to be fair, I think almost every writer that has written him in the past couple of years has done the exact same thing to where it's like, yes, I'm a pacifist. I'm a pacifist. I'm a pacifist. Yes, we get it. We get it. But mm-hmm. still, you're useless now. Not useless. I shouldn't say that. But, you know... <laughs> It's annoying. I, yeah, uh, I literally just started scrolling through this. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a hard read. Yeah, I, well, not as hard, but yeah, that that whole part where, you know, where where you're if you're in the middle of it right then, I was like, all right, Simon, you got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to stop. Um, but X-Force, um, after just finding out, you know, just, you know, what happened to this new beast is kind of on the trail and dark prime beast, whatever is kind of on doing his thing, uh, also in this book. So we will see how that all shakes out. And I guess in the coming issues, if, if I decide to keep up, but I, you know, I'm still, I, I had to check this book out because I, to seeing wonder man and beast back together again, or the, the beast that I like, or that most people like back together again, you know, what's the draw here? Even though it is a beast that is kind of weighed by the fact that, oh, like this, this is other me floating around that would that's doing some craziness, <laughs> and he's probably doing some existential thinking more than he would have at the time that them two were these two were teamed up together. So there is that, but still a read. I would say I have to go back and I'm definitely will be going back and reading it in full because I I kind of skimmed it, but I wanted to bring it up as as a thing. Um while we uh while we're talking about it and that folks is it for me clicks of the week clicks of the week uh do you have yours and is it probably um, uh, ultimate spider-man <laughs> yes it's ultimate spider-man number two but daredevil is a very close second because i really enjoyed it Mm-hmm. I kind of figured it that was the case because, like I said, it is, it's kind of up there for me as well. So I, I'm I'm not surprised by that at all because it was a good read. It was a good fun read. Um, hmm. Ultimate is definitely actually. Yeah, I already have it a bit. Ultimate. If I actually probably had read X Force and it ended up being something. You know, something more than what I what it ended up being from me skimming it to it. I X Force might have been up there, but um, Ultimate Spider Man is is definitely up there. Uh, that Bond book was actually pretty good. Um, 
I think leading into the next book, Star Trek it was good, but I've always said that that book's pretty good. So I think I'm actually going to go with Agent 70 on this one with um, Ultimate Spider-Man number two and just kind of, yeah, cement that one. Sounds good. And with that, folks, we are going to go into the news, but first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Actually, I have to apologize because apparently, um, I, I knew something was wrong. I missed out on a whole bunch of um, comments from from uh, one Mr. Von Gloom who joins us on uh, YouTube. What's um, up? Yeah, I'm. I'm afraid I'm not going to go back through all of these, but um, he does he does give the cold slither. You'll be good joining us soon, so we appreciate you, good sir. A band of vipers, something, something. That's cute. Exactly. <laughs> um. Cartoon. Exactly. Anyway, uh, Cobra Commander in Florida makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's that's that is definitely true. Of course. Yeah. Of course. That, that is, it, it makes so much sense. Um, Mechadet is back. Yeah, you should check it out if you. Um, yeah, it's well, it's ending this arc, but yeah, Mechadet's been back for a minute. So, but uh, well, yeah, I'll maybe come back to some of these other uh, comments later. But yeah, if you're still with us out there, um, appreciate you for for coming through. All right, Absolutely. cinematic news. I wanted to. Actually, I wanted to say one thing before we moved into the news. It might have been something that you have in comic book news. I did not see. I did not check. But Spawn published its 350th issue this past week. Holy cow. So I had that for next week because I had a a, – there's still a good bit of um, news that I didn't put in because we've got a lot already. But Okay. So, But, yeah, I did have that on tap for next week. We'll talk about it because at the end of the day, I was shocked to see that. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah. All right. Carry okay. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Cinematic news. Like I said, um, we start off with the Umbrella's Academy's um, sets premiere date for the fourth and final series on Netflix. Um, let's see. The fourth and final series season, excuse me, will drop on August 8th. And uh yeah, that's that's pretty much that. I know there are people who enjoy that show, uh like uh Agent Seven here. Uh but yep. I have not yet to to check it out. So next up. All right, in an interview with Deadline, Madam Webb's director uh gave them an explanation as to why the spider women, the other characters in the film, were not given origin stories. 
So what's the reason? Da, 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 da. So he basically says he thought it would be a bit greedy to do four origin stories. Okay. And probably long unless you do them Spider-Verse style. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. Plus, yeah. given how it's it's been said that uh, movie has done, I don't think it would have mattered. <laughs> no, no. That's just me. That's just me. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So she says, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 it's, uh, S.J. Clarkson is uh, the director. Yeah. And uh, she said it was probably too greedy to uh, take on the task. Mm. I admit I have a slight curiosity to see what that thing is about, but it ain't going to be filled no time soon. Um, I mm. will say. Uh, Van Gloom says Spawn is only at 350. Thought it would be much further than, since it's been out for ages. Yeah, but they took a lot of breaks. Um, some lengthy ones at that. And he says uh, that uh, um, Umbrella Academy is on his backlog. Yeah, same here. Uh, next up, though, Marvel Studios swaps Thunderbolts and the Fantastic Four's 2025 release dates. Uh, we talked about the casting last week, but we didn't talk about the fact that, uh, well, though Agent 70 said so, like after the, after the, um, after the show about this, I might have said something. I can't remember, but um, yeah, be uh, Thunderbolts is taking the original Francis Ford slot, or is it the other way around? I can't remember. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Marvel Studios will look to turn the Fantastic Four look around next summer, and is already giving the rebooted vote of confidence with this prestigious uh, July twenty 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 five date. Which, according to this article, yes, July twenty twenty, July twenty fifth, twenty twenty five, and it's a slight push from the previous date of May second, twenty twenty five, and it's bumped its previous. Okay, so yeah, Fantastic Four is the one that's bumping Thunderbolts, right? So, and which is coming out on the aforementioned May second, uh, as opposed to originally. You would think the Voto Calvinists would have gone the other way, though. Like put put Fantastic Four out in the in the May slot, and um, you know, put Thunderbolts. But I see what they're going for here because you know, Prime Summer movie. Got it. Right, 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 right. Next up. Next up. So Mahershala Ali is still reportedly attached to star in Marvel Studios' Blade, following some online rumors that dropped right after Valentine's Day that circulated um, the rumors that he may be considering exiting the Blade movie following a number of different setbacks. According to an insider, uh, Ali is still set to star in the movie and reports that the script is just starting to round into shape and get to a place where he's comfortable moving forward. You know what? I choose patience and we'll see where it goes. Pretty much. You know, some motherfuckers are going to continue to ice skate uphill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Silk Spider Society TV series reportedly scraps uh, writer's room. Um, This is a report. This is not, you know, hardened. This is not confirmed news uh, at this point. But uh, Silk Spider Society is aimed to creatively refocus towards a male skewering audience. That's what this skewing 
obscuring audience. That's what this article says. An interesting development considering the fact that the series centers around young superhero Sandy Moonsilk. The report also states that uh, Silk Spider Society has multiple episodes written before the, the, the writer's strike, which led to the union threatening to sue Amazon when they did not revive the show's writer's room last fall. Again, according to this article. So, again, this is another wait-and-see situation that, uh, and whether any of that is actually true or not. Next up. Alrighty, a brand new set video from the production of Marvel Studios' Daredevil Born Again has apparently surfaced online teasing the return of a fan favorite Marvel hero or anti-hero. So this was shared um, over on the Twitters. We won't call it. Well, X going to tweet it to you. Um, anyway, um, it features a mysterious man in a black jacket. This is what the video does. And the jacket seems to bear the Punisher's signature white skull symbol. It's not clear that it's Bernthal, if it's Bernthal or John Bernthal, who played uh, uh, the Punisher in on the Netflix series, but, um, you know, or a stunt double. But you know what? I, I, I kind of think we knew that this might happen. Right. Like they seem to be kind of getting most of the most, if not all of the game back together. So it's, you know, it was a matter of time and reason, I guess. Mm hmm. So I, I, I understand why Agent 70 chose to uh, skip the one he was actually supposed to read. Oh, I did but, skip that one. I apologize. Roddy Cat does it all the time. It's not I, just you not, You're not I wrong. That's not true, but but as, as on the times that I get to pick at you about it, it's always great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, apparently, Nicolas Cage is reportedly in talks uh, in talks for a live action Spider Man Noir series because you know, as he, as he says in the movie, we don't choose the where we dance; we just dance, or whatever the hell he said in Spider Verse. <laughs> so, yeah. It was previously reported that Stephen Lightfoot, who apparently was the showrunner for The Punisher, actually, uh, would act as executive producer and show co-showrunner for the um, for the Prime Video's Spider-Man Noir TV series, alongside writer Orin Uzel. Um. So yeah. Uh, it just said that, yeah, he was talking to some folks and there was an update about it, it potentially happening. Um, whether we see it or not, sure, <laughs> I, I guess. Next up. All righty. So, oh gosh, Ian McDermott, the actor who plays Palpatine, defends Palpatine's satisfying, quote unquote, Rise of Skywalker return. Ooh, I'm dying! <laughs> So, oh boy. So apparently, I kind of opened the article because Roddy Cat didn't put enough in the summary huh? for me to. I feel like the summary was enough, but sure. <laughs> I got a. Goodness. So in an interview with Empire, McDermott explains why he supports uh, Palpatine's surprise, quote unquote, surprise, clone reveal. Okay. 
Okay, he just says, yeah, Palpatine have it, had a plan B, and it's perfectly in Palpatine's character, and thus his return to the Star Wars universe not only made sense, but it was, quote, satisfying, unquote. I don't know about the satisfying part, but he's, I feel like he's kind of right. Like, Palpatine seemed like the kind of dude who was like, well, I want to keep this all going. <laughs> so, yep, I mean, yep, granted, yep, yep. the way it happened was, it is what it is, but that part at least makes sense. Yeah. And hey, if you want to hear um, the Emma uh, McDermott's uh, um, Emperor Palpatine, maybe check out a, a certain currently running Star Wars animated show. Just saying. Where, he sh- where the Emperor shows up. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, next up, though, speaking of Star Wars, The Acolyte has a tentative release schedule, uh, release date of June 5th, 2024. Um, Michael Abels has been tapped to compose the score for the series. And um, uh, apparently um, Trinity, and I can't remember old girl's name from, from Mission Impossible, and Amanda Steinberg and Lee Jun Jay all will continue to be in the cast uh with um Jody Turner Smith. So also I, I will say this, I didn't put this in the lineup, but apparently um Angela Bassett has been in talks with Star Wars folk about a possible something or other, from what I've seen. We don't know what or where or whether any of that was true, but it was I just saw that circling around the Twitters uh in the last couple of days. I'm like, all I'm gonna say is look, if you're gonna get Angela Bassett to to play a Star Wars character, don't waste her on a Jedi. Mm. <laughs> you know, there there's a couple of perfectly good characters like Ray Sloan that she could that she would kill. So, you know, don't 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 waste her on a Jedi. And I love me some Jedi. Don't get me wrong, we need more black Jedi's, but I'm just saying, don't 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 do that to her. She could she could be better than that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Anyway, next up. James Bond film series producer Barbara Broccoli provides an apparently discouraging update for fans of the popular spy thriller franchise as she addresses the speculation about whether a reboot is in the works. Per deadline, Broccoli was speaking at a British Film Institute fellowship event when asked about the future for the James Bond franchise. Broccoli got straight to the point saying, there's nothing I can tell you about the next Bond film. There's nothing. Nothing is happening yet. Okay. Comic writer James Tinney and the fourth launches multimedia production company Tiny Onion, um, which apparently, as this article made, uh, says, it's backed by seed investment from Lyrical Media, the New York, Los Angeles based media company, uh, yada, yada, yada for there. But apparently, this multimedia production company will be working in publishing, film, television, and animation. So, cool. I'm sure some of the stuff he's working on right now is probably going to be uh, adapted. I suspect. Next up. All righty. Um, Brandon Routh apparently could be taking flight in the red and blue Superman tights again. So he once played uh, Superman in Superman Returns in 2006. That was his only feature film in the role. Uh, the this His version of Superman would apparently later return in the Arrow versus Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. I kind of remember that. I never watched it, but we probably talked about it. Mm. And that potential return, the no, the upcoming potential returns of the role could once ha- could happen. 
um, because apparently Mark Guggenheim, the executive producer of the Arrowverse, teased a sequel series uh, to Superman Returns over on uh, uh, X going to tweet it to you. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, we also saw him on um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow for the length of time he was on. So, yeah, sure. Um, hey, you want to know when Aquaman and the Lost uh, Kingdom hits uh, streaming services? Uh, well, you don't have long to wait because uh, February, Tuesday, February 27th is when it's going to uh, be on Max. So, there you go. If you're interested in it. <laughs> Von Gloom says, Deadbeat Dad Superman. Is that that one? Was he I think dead? so. Yeah, the Deadbeat. I don't think I've ever seen that movie, actually. I, um, I saw that movie in the theaters. I was very sad to say. Mm. <laughs> I treated a bunch of uh, like younger family members to it, and I sat there like, oh, what a mistake. <laughs> yes, and, and Von Gloom gives, gives an eye roll to it. So, I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe they'll probably retcon some of that stuff, I would imagine. But yeah, if you want to see that new Aquaman movie, you wait a couple of days and it'll be on Max if you got access to it. <laughs> you didn't miss much. Yeah, I guess I didn't. Um, I don't know. It's out there. So I guess if I wow. to. Lost Kingdom just you know later this week. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. Next up. All right. Mortal Kombat 2 will feature the iconic character Scorpion once more and the actor who gave life to the fighter Hiroyuki Sonata. Um, will return for the sequel to play Scorpion again. Sonata confirmed as much recently during a press event for Shogun, the FX and Hulu TV show releasing this month, uh, that he's also in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mortal Kombat 2 does not yet have an official release date. Yeah, they needed to, because that, uh, from what I remembered about that first one, they, they didn't give the character nearly enough time. Uh, and so... Yeah, it, it needed. Um, yeah, as as Von Gloom said, he had like fifteen minutes. <laughs> that was that's basically it. I'm like, they just wasted the the. It's Scorpion. It's Mortal Kombat. How you do you do that? But anyway, um, Von Gloom also said he he took a, a date to see Superman. Uh, that Superman Returns bo- uh, movie. So that's yeah. I don't know what to say on that one, there, uh, bruh. <laughs> yeah. Um, the OG Ghostbusters aren't just fan service in Frozen Empire, according to the director. So talking with uh, SFX Magazine, director Gil Keenan promises the, the film that will will do right by the original cast by having them be actual characters. Um, some legacy sequels bring back the, according to this article, bring back the older stars just to collect a paycheck, which, you know, let's be honest, Bill Murray will do that, or has done that. Maybe not for everything. But he has done that in the past. Anyway, uh, but Keenan promises the veterans would be, quote, more fully fleshed out here. We had a duty to make those legendary characters integral to the story. Um, Von Gloom asked, wonder how they got Murray to agree? Probably money. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, he was, yeah, exactly. He, he was the, the biggest holdout for these things. So, for this thing. So maybe there was something else to it, but probably a boatload of money. <laughs> Man's had gotten kind of cantankerous in his in his in his use. Um but he did Garfield, so you go figure. Anyway, next up. 
Right. And when I read this story on my own, I was very much understanding. Right. So Godzilla minus one's director. Um, oh, what was his name in this? Um, Takashi Yamazaki does not want to reveal what the actual budget for the movie was because in his words, well, we had, you know, uh, other projects would ask him to do the same or similar, have the same or similar, uh, success on with under similar budget constraints. Right. And I absolutely understand that. Right, that makes You're, all the sense in the world. I yeah, I, I, and I felt the same way when I read it. I was like, yeah, you tell them how much it, this was. They're gonna, they're, like I said, they're, they're gonna expect that. And not every movie is going to be the same way. You can't do that, or you shouldn't do that. But these are right. execs who don't really know. Um, wasn't Murray canceled? I don't think so. I mean, he's probably said something I think, stupid. I think they tried. They tried to make. I think they tried to. Yeah. I mean, I know he's probably said some some real dumb stuff in the past. I'm sure, but I don't know, yeah, if that actually stuck or not. So, um, next up, though, I think, oh no, we're still on the Godzilla corner. Um, Godzilla minus one shares honest opinion about the MonsterVerse quote Hollywood interpretation, and um, well, the the he says the. He calls the franchise, which includes Godzilla and Godzilla vs. Kong, very interesting use of the IP. Excuse me. Uh, he explains that some of the movies uh, from the original Japanese Godzilla franchise had a similar tone to the MonsterVerse. So, and he also gives like he says they're a fun version of what Godzilla can be, according to the the summary. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like, you know, it, it's, oh God, I see the trailers for the new one. I'm like, all right. So now we're getting a little crazy here, a little bit. but you know, they're, they're fun popcorn movies. You get that fun, crazy action. <clears throat> but as long as we have something like Godzilla minus one, where it's treated with like a little bit more reverence, I'm, I'm okay. You know, like we went a long time without something like minus one, but now I'm like, you know what? There's balance in the force again. I was about to say, no, no offense, because I know you love your Godzilla movies. It's like it's a monster movie at, at its core, so like it is the monster movie. Yes, don't get me wrong, but like right. reverence. That's that's that was kind of funny what you used to say. But yeah. I wanted to actually ask: Is uh, did you watch Shin Godzilla? Yeah, I watched that in the theaters too when that came out. Oh, okay. Because I know we had talked about it being on Crunchyroll. I know didn't know if you had. I actually it rewatched it since we talked about it coming out on Crunchyroll. I just mm. let it play, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this. This is so silly." Right, right. So you know, because because you know the uh, some Godzilla movies are about you know obviously the horrors of uh, nuclear power and and you know like uh, not preserving the environment. Right. Shin Godzilla is about the terrors of bureaucracy. Oh, so real life, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I honestly, if you watch it, knowing that going in, you're like, oh, that's so, it, it's so real. Hmm. I remember watching in the theater, being like, oh my god, this is too real. Yeah, and and not surprising, like not uh, surprising in that respect, because you, the yeah, that's all I'm saying about that. Uh, yeah, uh, Van Gloom, it is on Crunchyroll. So if you got Crunchyroll, Shin Godzilla is out there for you. Yep. Uh, next up, speaking of, uh, well, we're closing in on, we're not there yet, but across the Spider-Verse and Blue-Eyed Samurai lead 2024 Annie Awards, 
not to be confused with the, the Skywalker. Um, so yeah, it says here that the 51st annual Annie Awards, um, the, do, 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 the aforementioned two um, movies, or excuse me, movie and show, did pretty well, actually, according to looks like in some of these uh, things, some of these categories. So let's see. Also, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy one, two uh, rewards also um, with best actor, character action. Excuse me, best character animation, live action. There you go, and, and something else. So Elemental also won, but let's see. It says here that Blue Eye Samurai won one. Let's see, best effects, uh, best character animation. The the boy and the heron also won for best character animation feature. Um, Blue Eye Samurai won for TV media. Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy for live action. Marvel's Spider-Man 2 won Best Character Animation for Video Games. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Just just a couple of uh, the relevant ones. Best Direction, Star Wars Visions. Um, and, uh, best Direction feature, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Best Music, Spider-Man. Uh, best Production Design, uh, Spider-Man. Best Editorial, Spider-Man. And, yeah, and so on and so forth. Blue-Eyed Samurai also pretty much got a good bit of... Uh, <laughs> got a good even though let's see moon girl and diamond uh moon girl and devil dinosaur got a couple uh one for best actor uh best voice acting with diamond white the lead character so congrats to that and best storytelling not best storytelling uh best storyboarding excuse me so yeah good stuff um next up though we get into well no we're not hush next ah that's funny. <laughs> Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender cast talk M. Night Shyamalan movies. So um, obviously that is a very big elephant in the room. So <laughs> this is you know, they're referring to the 2010 M. Night Shyamalan film. So it was lampooned by critics and audiences. So apparently it did not bomb at the box office when it was all said and done. Um, it made about $319 million worldwide. That's interesting. Okay. So um, what did they say about the movie? I feel like they kind of, from from what I saw in the, the comments in here, they were like kind of talking around it. <laughs> so, okay. Seems as though. Um, yeah. So, you yeah, know, it basically just said, you know, it failed to live up to its source material, but, you know, he gets, he he understands some of the problems with it. Right, that was from um. I was about to call him um. <laughs> Opa, Opa, yes, yes, yes. I was about to call him that. Um, Paul Sun Hyung Lee. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name. Who I still actually, I have not heard great things about this one either, though. Like I heard is nicely well produced, but still kind of falls short in a way. But I feel like a live action version of anything like this is not going to sit well with a lot of people. I haven't seen it for myself. But I, I do plan on watching it uh, at some point. So it, it, it's out there. Uh, Von Gloom says, so Shin Godzilla is the innate and destructive arsehole management, I guess. I don't know. I've not seen it. So. What was that? Say again. Uh, so Shin Godzilla is the innate and destructive arsehole management. What Von Gloom was asking. 
Kind of, kind of. Honestly, just you know, it's a it's an experience watching it because you're just like, oh, um, you know, it, it's definitely a, a departure from like kind of the classic Godzilla origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, minus one is kind of a return to the classic origin story, but with a twist on how they fight Godzilla. Right. Um. Next up, though. Um, oh, well, I'll take it. Uh, well, I guess it's mine anyway. Serena Williams enters the Avatar state in Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender promo. Um, which, it was nice. It was cool. Um, but yeah, the, um, hey, that uh, the, the Last Airbender thing is out there uh, as of a couple of days of this recording. So, hey, you can check it out uh, at your leisure. Next up. Uh, the Boy and the Heron was originally billed as Hayao Miyazaki's final film, but this wasn't the first time that the legendary anime director was slated to step away from uh, the anime game. In fact, uh, Miyazaki has since decided to end his retirement plans, reinvigorated by the recent film, and stating that he had more ideas on his mind for the future. In a new interview, Ghibli producer Toshio Suzuki discussed why Miyazaki decided to make his latest film and whether or not he'll truly not retire so in chatting with the hollywood reporter suzuki stated that miyazaki was embarrassed about coming out of retirement um uh okay i i halfway kind of wonder and, and this is just me have if it has anything to do with like well my son's putting shit out there so i need to come back and do it right yeah, right. So are we in Anime Corner now? We are in Anime Corner. Transmute! That sound is going to come in quite handy later on in the show. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Miyazaki, Miyazaki is the king of Willy, won't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, fans are just going gaga regardless, so... <laughs> you could probably do an anime of somebody reading a phone book and people will flock to it um have you just checked out ninja kamui not yet uh but i plan to i still need to get through uh blue eye samurai actually um toyota of all places announces a new anime series called grip uh as first report exactly that was the, the exact amount of silence that it needed that's funny. Uh, I was thinking of Ninja Kamui. Like, I saw that pop up. It's on Max, right? Is it? Or is it on Max or is it on uh, Netflix, I thought? I'm not sure. I think it's on Max. I I, 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 I flipped right. on Max earlier, and I, I, I thought I saw it pop up as, like, a new edition. So You probably did. I don't know. But, yeah, I hadn't, I've seen people talking about it, but I, hadn't, I have not checked it out myself. So, yeah, as first reported by Variety, Grip is a new five-episode uh, series that will be releasing weekly on February 26th, actually, so in a couple of days, uh, with Toyota. Highlighting the sport of Gazoo Racing in particular, which features a lot of Toyota brands. There you go. Uh, this new anime series is produced by Intertrend and teases both heart-pounding action, quote-unquote, and adrenaline-fueled races, according to its synopsis. This feels like one of those Marvel books where there's like, hey, here's a here's a Marvel book with this character, but it just so happens to have this uh, product placement of a car or something in it. So, uh, 
Why is it called Gazoo Racing? Let's see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm so- oh, Gazoo Racing gets its name from the Japanese word Gazo or Gezo, meaning picture or image, and Gareji meaning garage. When applied to the motorsport scene, your engineers picture individual and unique cars and garages, and hence the term Gazoo Racing. Okay. That doesn't help me. No, it doesn't, and I have not watched this um, uh, this trailer, but I think uh, um, Van Gloom kind of says it. So Toyota is rebranding Initial D. That's what it kind of sounds like, but I guess I haven't seen this trailer, so I don't know. I guess it was it was bound to happen that one of these uh, folks was going to do something like that. So I don't know. We'll find out. Somebody will find out in a couple of days. <laughs> I still want to see Redline, which has nothing to do with Toyota, but uh, I hear good things. But also, that I think the company that did that went out of business or got got uh, got um, disassembled. I guess whatever the case may be. Anyway, next up, Black Butler is coming back for a new season of episodes years after the original run came to an end, and Black Butler Public School Arc has finally set a release date for its 2024 return with a new trailer. Um, let's see here. It's been 10 years since Black Butler had a full TV anime series. Okay. Um, looking for, I got to open this as I look for a date. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm unfamiliar with this particular anime. Um, I've heard of it, but let's see. So the release date, looking for the date, 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 looking for the date, 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 date. Where in the spring sometime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm just looking for a date and I don't see it in the article. Oh wait, April thirteenth in Japan. Crunchyroll has previously announced that they have licensed the new anime for streaming release outside of Japan when it hits. Okay, so soon after April thirteenth. Soon yeah, like so, either on or after April thirteenth. Yeah, I was about to say probably the fourteenth, fifteenth, whenever they get the subs done. So right. Redline is like Wacky Races but but as an anime. That's that makes me interesting. Jeffrey from the Fresh Prince got an anime. You so silly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh my God. That was pretty good, Van Gloom. That was pretty good. Oh um, my God. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> anyway, to keep on going, um, Haku Creator wants everyone to see the new animes. Um, wait, a they- wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> If we're gonna have a haiku story, yeah, I thought you were Are still collecting you- yourself from the last <laughs> that that last <laughs> black book. <laughs> but yes, I so- am. Because yeah. all I can see in the anime is when Jeffrey's doing. Um, uh, Tennyson, uh, cannons to the left of them, <laughs> cannons to the right. Of them. Well, I was about to say, it depends on which version. Because if they go with the um, the the, the Bella version, now Jeffrey oh, has a- seen some bodies. <laughs> so right, he knows right. where the bodies are buried. So, yeah, yeah. or it seems I'm, to be the I'm case. Yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, they could do a mix of the two. So who's to say that couldn't happen? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Haikyuu Creator wants everyone to see the anime's new movie, um, because I heard it did pretty well in Japan. 
Yeah. Um, since it's uh, released last week and still no date when it's coming here to the States. So. Yeah. We need it. <laughs> well, it seven definitely needs it, so. <laughs> I need it. So. It, I, it's got to be, it's got to be fairly soon, right? It's probably in the next month or two. It's, it's got to be. Um. But we'll we'll find out. You, like I said, y'all, we will know when y'all will know, or and vice versa. Next up, new Go Go Loser Ranger anime's second video reveals more staff, opening song, and an April seventh debut. Okay, so this is going to premiere on April seventh, and new episodes will air every Sunday. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know too much about that one, but I just saw that one. It seems kind of interesting. Great Pretender Raz Toe is coming to Crunchyroll. In fact, it's probably already out there as of this recording. Um, because this can't, this article was from the 21st and it's the 24th. So, uh, oh, it's the 23rd when we started recording still. Um, I've heard some things about Great Pretender. It seemed like it was all right. And, uh, apparently, um, it's on Netflix, the the um, the, the original twenty three episode series. So this seems to be a movie from that. Yeah, the anime film coming to, is on Crunchyroll as of this uh, as of uh, this recording. So if you like the show, the movie's out there for you. Next up, ah, so this is interesting because I forgot about this, mm-hmm. but the, the this article does cover this. Spy X Family Code White. Movie exceeds six billion yen, and it also adds that the film will be distributed internationally in April 2024. I already told Roddy Cat about this because, believe it or not, at the Demon Slayer premiere, they dropped a trailer for Code White and dropped the April uh, date for its opening. So, in the 59 days since. Uh, Code White's release in Japan. The film has attracted 4.4 million viewers in Japan and grossed over 6 billion yen at the box office. And uh, it's slowly being released in international territories starting in April. And uh, April 19th is when it drops in the U.S. of A. But throughout April is when it's dropping around the world. That's pretty cool. So I'm wondering if maybe that's it's a four month window. Maybe we'll get Haikyuu in about four months, which puts which puts yeah, which puts us around June. That's what I'm thinking. That's if if it stays to what a normal, you know, a normal schedule would be. Have, oh, we gotta fix we gotta that, fix that replay. Yeah, I gotta figure out why that's going on. Why that static is going on? That's weird. Uh, Von Gloom says it's so behind in a spy family. I am too, so you're not alone. Um, Mob Psycho 100 teases a special Sanrio Sanrio collab, which that's weird. Um, this is see. Wait, is there spillover? No, no, everything's on the front. Where's the? I don't see it. You don't see what? The story that you just talked about. Oh, uh, keep going down. It's manga, manga. Basically manga. Oh, manga. Oh, so we're transitioning. That's what I missed. My bad. It's okay. My bad. 
So just got to get us a transition. I'm saving that other news for next week. But yeah, so apparently Mob Psycho 100 and Sanryu is going to collapse somehow, some way. Um, I don't know what Mob and, and Hello Kitty have in common, but I guess we're, we're going to, we're going to find out from whatever that ends up being. Next up. Into the comic book news. Mm-hmm. Following the announcement of six Blood Hunt spin-off limited series, Marvel gave us two more three-issue tie-ins and the announcement of seven Blood Hunt tie-in arcs to current ongoing titles. This is all part of the solicitations um, for uh, that surround the Blood Hunt event. And uh, let's see here. Does this article talk about the total number? Because there are articles out there that talk about the total number. The solicitations, something like that. Yeah, um, the solicitations for May twenty twenty four are out there, folks. So if you are, you know, curious about uh, what's uh, what's going to happen that month with your favorite comics, hey, you can you can check that out. As I scroll through some of the uh, images from the solicits, mm-hmm. uh, buckle up, folks. Blood Hunt is a coming. Oh, that's what. Um, Game uh, and Panda was talking about, but we actually knew that, so never mind. I forgot to put that in the lineup. That'll be for next week. Um, yeah, Blood Hunt, Blood Hunt all the time. Even Dracula's getting a Blood Hunt miniseries. Uh, Union Jack, okay, a lot of stuff basically. So we won't, we won't, yeah, play with that too much. Um, next up though, actually, I probably should skip this one, but. Doctor Strange is here for Matt Murdock's confession and a preview of Daredevil 6, which Agent 70 talked about earlier, I believe. Right, it's out this week. So, yes. you know, I talked about Doctor Strange being... Actually, yeah, I did mention that Doctor Strange was the guest uh, appearance yes. in this issue. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to take this next one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we talked about this before the show. Marvel uh, ongoing cosmic reimagining God series, according to this article, will end in May 2024. So the solicitation does does not say anything uh that to that fact but according to this article they say that um they have the this this site has confirmed with Marvel that the series will in fact end uh with issue number 8 in May um and the the article kind of goes on about them asking um about the series length to which, you know, um, I guess they and Tom Brevoort said in the new newsletter that it's driven by sales and, um, you know, X, X, you know, X, Y, and Z. So if the fans still want it, it's going to continue, I guess, kind of, kind of situation. Um, and I think, I guess what led this, the, the, this uh, article to think that it is the end, I guess the title of issue eight is called to all things an ending also. So I guess that, that could be saying something we don't know. Uh, but uh, if the, if the book didn't sell all that well, that could also be the reason why it's, right. uh, it's uh, not, uh, it's going to end. 
which is a sad state of affairs, but us, uh, you know, it's, it's happened a little bit more. Uh, will Jubilee become a vampire again? Who's no, but that's been a question that people have been asking. Also, uh, Von Gloom asked if Greg Land is back. So that, oh, is, a, yeah, yeah. that, the, that is a dirty set of words uh, around with certain people uh, on this uh, panel. Mm-hmm. Um, see, see, that's the thing, uh, Von Gloom. A lot, you can say that a lot of books, Von Gloom says, wonder if gods would have been better if Hickman got more time to cook. That's just it. A lot of, I mean, you can say that about a few, uh, half a dozen number of books that don't get a, get, get a chance to cook. But right. what's interesting about that article, it mm-hmm. references an interview that he gave where he said he wrote an eight issue series, an eight issue opening arc. Right. And that's exactly what he's going to get. Right. So, you know, and obviously, you know, he went into it thinking, all right, let me tell this story. And if there are sales, I'll write more. But if if not, I have the eight issue series. Right. So. so presumably this is going to do what he wanted to do initially. And as we have discussed in the past, like he's probably wrote his out out, out already. Right. So. Right. Um, and also. And worth, go ahead. What go I was going to say, though, um, much like what we were talking about earlier with other Marvel writers, sometimes they go back and revisit characters that may have, you know, made some appearances before, but have kind of uh, sat on the sidelines for a little bit. You know, right. we're talking Al Ewing, Jed McKay, mm-hmm. and, you know, now we're dealing with Blood Hunt. And, you know, I didn't realize that McKay's writing all of this, so, um, mm-hmm. or a lot of this. And uh, I'm assuming a lot of the McKay characters are going to see action in blood hunt that's probably a good safe bet um van gloom asked does his reimagining of the marvel cosmology uh going to stick we don't know gods feels self-contained and isolated that was i think that was the initial plan and it probably is right. some of it's probably going to stick but to to what extent we don't know exactly how how much of it is integrated into other stories is another thing right Right, we'll see how well other creators adapt what Hickman has created into what they're doing. Right, because like I said, that was supposed to be the plan. So, um, yeah, just a matter of seeing. Uh, Next up, though. So wait, I thought I. Oh no, this is me, right? Yeah, Uh, Blood Hunt is set to tie into. Oh no, no way! I did the gods. Yeah, but we both talked about the gods one. So yeah, that's right. It's all right. I'll 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 deal with this. So Blood Hunt is set to tie into seven ongoing series. We you know more stuff in May, and uh, this is going from May through July. Oh my god! So we were talking about this earlier before the show. It was like, yeah, this thing was going to hit a lot more books than Gang War did because Gang War was pretty much in the Spidey corner. Well, right. Out of the books that, according to this series, that this is going to be pretty much, with the exception of. I can safely say, with the exception of one book that, or maybe two books that I know we both were reading, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, there's seven books. Five of them are going to be um, uh, Blood Hunt related. Yeah, line wide, basically. Mm, kinda, yes, because we got. Uh, as if you're watching the video version, you can see uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Sp- uh, Avengers, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four, Miles Morales. Uh, Moon Knight and uh, Venom. 
Oddly enough, yeah. no, not Blade. <laughs> so. I'm assuming Blade is front and center in the miniseries. I would like to believe so, especially with what's going on in his book. Yeah. So, I, I would think so. But also, fairly recent um, um, uh, issues of uh, Miles Mellers make sense as to why Miles is going to be in it. Right. So, was Game War good? Ah, we're still trying to determine that. It's been, it had some some moments in it. Right. That's that's pretty much all we can say. It's not over yet, so it's it's been all right. Uh, Steve Orlando returns with the Scarlet Witch series. So apparently that uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver um, is a mini series, uh, which I wasn't sure if that was the case or not. Um, but Scarlet Witch will be back in her own series this coming uh, June, I believe. It says the summer, but I thought I saw a date. Yes, June 12th. So, um, Steve Lander is going to continue to write that book, uh, just like with a different artist. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that Scarlet Witch book is coming back, so cool. Next up. Mystique and Destiny's Very Special Day is revealed <laughs> in X-Men The Wedding Special. Um, this is a one-shot Marvel Voices Pride one-shot. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, this is set to come out May. That's the case. Yep. Five twenty nine. Yeah, May twenty ninth. Okay, there it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the next story? No, it's the next one after that. But uh, Deadpool and Wolverine face World War Three in May twenty twenty four. Uh, because of course they have a movie coming out together. So of course to put them together in a book. Uh, Daredevil, excuse me, excuse me, Daredevil, Deadpool and Wolverine World War Three is a collaboration between veteran Deadpool scribe Joe Kelly and frequent uh, Wolverine artist Adam Kubert. Kubert. Uh, you can see the uh, cover for issue number one if you're watching the video version, and um, the synopsis is also in the um, uh, the show notes. Next up. Alrighty, so Marvel's new Ultimate Universe is introducing its own Ultimate X-Men. And apparently and, and so far there have been two announced heroes. One of them is Armor, the other one is a character named Maystorm. So this is definitely going in a different direction than previous iterations of the Ultimate X-Men. So, you know, Peach Momoko is at the helm of this, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I'm the thing that I was kind of curious about is how they're going to integrate with the rest of the um, Ultimate Universe, or should they? So, we'll see. Next up, though, uh, Marvel cancels all of X-Men comics ahead of upcoming relaunch, which probably should not be that big of a surprise, I guess. Um, says, according to the solicits, um, which show that every current, according to this article anyway, show that every current X-Men series is concluding. Uh, Wolverine will go out at, at number 50 uh, and finish the Sabretooth War, uh, Fall of the House of X, Rise of the Powers of X, X-Men, X-Men Forever, Cable, which I've just started, and Invincible Iron Man, which can't, can, I can't say I ever considered that a, a X title, but it is related now. So mm-hmm. we'll also, we'll wrap up in May. 
according to this article. Um, Marvel is billing May as the penultimate month of the Krakoan age, as there are still unrevealed plans for a grand finale in June ahead of whatever comes next, which we know X-Men is going to uh, start back up. I just list X-Men, I believe, is going to start back up in July. Right. Uh, next up. All righty. So for fans of uh, Kazar and Z- uh, Zabu, um, Hasbro unveiled Marvel Legends' new a new line uh, uh, f- on a fan stream. And it's an interesting wave, and that is putting it mildly. It is so just all over the place. But it's interesting for the people who want to build K- uh, a, Z- a Zabu because uh you know he's the builder figure right and you know it's it's wild because it's Kazar, Icarus comic book Icarus Red Widow uh Cable like from Marvel versus Capcom uh Wolvesbane which is probably the one character I really want to get from this and Black Winter uh the Black Winter Thor basically so it's it's all like just a, like a mishmash wave. It's it's very interesting. Oh God, Superior Spider, uh, Superior Iron Man. Yeah, Superior Iron Man's also in this, but he's not. But because it's an Iron Man, they don't make they didn't put a build a figure uh, right. part in there. Also, also I love your touchdown for Cable was 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 MVC. <laughs> But no, but that's the stuff. That's the that's the, the. I think they talked about it in the fan stream, in the stream itself. I think that came up. Did they? Okay. That Marvel versus Capcom. It's 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 basically the version that you see in Marvel vs. Capcom three. Hmm. Nice. Anything sticks out for you for or for a for a uh, for a get? Wolverine. Hmm. Yes. Complete the new mutants. Yes. Yeah, Wolverine. You want to get a? You want to get? You want to pick up Wolverine? I mean, we have a Wolvesbane. This is more an X Factor Wolvesbane. We have a Wolvesbane um, uh, head that goes on that female figure, right. the female mutant figure that was like Danny and Mirage. Mm-hmm. So we we already have a Wolvesbane, but I think this is more of an X Factor Wolvesbane. Wolvesbane is probably the one, right? You know, I mean, Kazar's cool, but then you kind of want to build Zabu, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, it's it's kind of a hand-to-hand thing with that one. Right, right, yeah. right. And Icarus, I mean, we don't have that many, like, comic Eternals right now. Right. You know, I honestly would rather pick, I, I'd ra- I'd rather build comics and humans. You know, we already have uh, Black Bolt, uh, Medusa, Karnak. You know, I still have to pick up that Karnak. Mm. So. Yeah, we got 90 Cersei, but, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Next up. Um, there was something I was going to say about this, but uh, but it, it's it's irrelevant. <laughs> that is a wild list. Um, Hasbro Marvel Legends series, uh, Fantastic Four Wolverine and Spider Man two pack. So, yeah. Uh, the let's see, it's out there. Oh wait, there's um. Set meant to go along with the Franklin and Valeria two pack, uh, but there's also the uh, Wolverine and Spider Man uh, two pack, which looks both uh, going to retail for fifty one ninety nine. So if you're looking to complete your uh, blue suited uh, <laughs> uh, Fantastic Four and extended, you know, ex- extended family, um, here you go. 
they're 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 doing it. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess technically, I guess you could use the the, the pre existing Ghost Rider, and then what? Gray Hulk. Right. Well, no, but this is a different. This is a more modern appearance. Yeah, I know, cost- but yeah. I don't remember them. I, I don't remember if they all put on those costumes or not. Yeah, so I don't think they did, but I don't. I don't remember either. So, all right, all right. Next up, either way. Oh, I'll be, uh, we'll say um, would be interesting. Uh, Von Grimm says would be interesting if uh, Emma stays with Tony Post uh, Krakoa. I've said the same thing. I don't know if it's going to happen. Next up, though. No, that's that, that. Would be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah. Uh. Mondo X-Men, the animated series Rogue Limited Edition 1-6th scale figure is announced. Um, It actually released Tuesday, February 20th at 12 noon on Mondoshop.com with a suggested retail price of $235 for the limited edition and $210 for the regular edition. So uh, I'm not that familiar with these Mondo figures, but it's a one-six scale figure, so it does scale right along with the Marvel Legends. But this is definitely a, a, a much higher quality. Interestingly, they do include a head for um, uh, from X Men Evolution. Yeah, I saw somebody going crazy over that. I'm like, I've never seen X Men Evolution, and as Von Gloom asked, I asked the same thing: Why is the Evolution head there? <laughs> Right, with this costume. This right. is the Jim Lee-era X-Men costume, so it's really right. weird. So somebody was really stoked about that from what I saw online. I'm like, oh, I guess? Sure. Yeah, Mondo, I know Mondo is kind of has her hands into a lot of stuff, So I don't, and I'm not sure if the, you know, if it's the, the Hot Toys level of quality, but mm-hmm. I know they're, 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 they have their hands in a lot of stuff. If it's, I think it's the same company doing. Oh, I apologize. I apologize. The one sixth is not same. Is not the same as uh, Marvel Legends. It, this actually stands eleven point seven five inches high. Oh, there you go. So it's much bigger, right? right? So it's closer to Hot Toys. She's still. So I know people are tripping because apparently people are looking at that X Men ninety seven trailer and was like, Rogue doesn't have her ass. <laughs> they took her ass. Oh no. And I think this figure is also uh, uh, indicative of that also. So that's been kind of very funny seeing people's oh, reactions to that. And apparently, according to somebody in this article, it's sold out. Anyway. Um, oh, the, the, Glo- the, deluxe, the deluxe version sold out. Yeah. Von Gloom also said it would be cool to see Ghost Rider in the FF uh, uniform. Yeah, I assume that would be one that's coming. Uh, Disney and Epic Games to create expansive and open games entertainment universe connected to Fortnite. I realistically should not have put this in here because none of that sounds anything good to you, but y'all need to be warned about the, um, the onslaught of Fortnite <laughs> being the all game. So. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a thing. If you're not a gamer like an Agent Seventy, you're not. You know, it's, it, it doesn't matter to you. But yeah, gamers know Fortnite is a thing. Either you're playing it, or you're hating on it for legitimate reasons. Um, so that's the thing. Next up, according to a new report from Insider Gaming, Respawn, the EA studio behind Apex Legends and Star Wars games like Jedi Survivor, is working on a first-person game that will put players in the role of an unspecified Mandalorian bounty hunter. Okay, so there are not a lot of details on the game, 
but reportedly it will be fast paced with a big focus on action and that it will not be an open world experience. Okay. That almost sounded like the, the scrap 1313 game that, uh, that was, um, supposed to be a thing some years ago. Respawn is the, the, the folks that uh, folks do, did not know does, um, apex legends, which is a big, also another big game. And they've also done as agent seven said, the survivor games and those games are supposed purportedly good. I haven't played either one of them yet, but, um, you kind of wonder, is it going to be the Mando or just a Mando? Obviously, it's Star Wars. You can only be one or the other. Um, You could be a Mandalorian. I guess in this game, you will be. So, like I said, it's just a matter of, are you going to be the one or two known ones? Or the three, one of the three known ones? Or are you just going to be some other Mandalorian? Um, Which they will probably be prone to do, now that I think about it. Uh... Next up, though, I'm going to take these next two because I know you have no interest in this either way. Um, <laughs> so, for those who play um, Disney Lorcana, guess what? They're adding a uh, an Uncle Scrooge card in the next expansion, um, and along with that, we have uh, well, the next article is about details of the next expansion, which is called Into the Inklands. Um, and a review of the set and uh, the starter decks, if you are so inclined. Actually, it's not just um, it's not just Uncle Scrooge. Apparently, I'm seeing Webigail um in here, so I'm I'm imagining Huey doing Louis are also probably going to. Yep, there sure are. <laughs> there's a Huey card and a Louis card. I don't see Dewey. Oh no, there's a Dewey card there. So yep, Ducktales represented. Um. So there you go. Next up. Alrighty. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is getting a multiplayer fighting game. Okay. Um, sure. As reported, uh, Maximum Entertainment announced it had entered a partnership with Paramount during its 2024 roadmap, revealing an open beta for this game would be released in 2025. Okay. I mean, hey, look. Uh, Naruto's got one. Demon Storm's got Demon. Slayer's got one. There's, you know, I think there's even one for Bleach out there. I'm pretty sure. So, sure, why not a fighting game in, in uh, the Avatar universe? Which, by the way, um, side note, uh, there's an Invincible Idol game out there on mobile games. It's pretty good you know, if you're interested in that, uh, if anybody's interested in that. So, uh, it just came out a, a few days ago, and it's uh, kind of low impact, but it does kill your battery if you let it. So, um. Von Gloom said, wouldn't mind a random, random Mando that I can customize. Yeah, but they're probably not going to do that because they're going to probably tie it into um, the Star Wars canon at large as the moment. Because I think they're even trying to do that with um, the Jedi Survivor games because some stuff has, has actually creeped into um, uh, live action and animated stuff. So yeah, the chances of it being a customizable Rando is probably lessened. But who, who's to say? Next up, though, uh, let's see here. Uh, you did the Terminator survival game, right? No, that's the one. That's yours. Oh. Open world Terminator survival game is finally set for reveal. Publisher Nacon is finally ready to show it later this month. Has this already happened? Oh, so it's Nacon Connect. Or uh, set for February 29th features 30 minutes of 30 minutes of new videos showing off the likes of Greedfall 2, The Dying World, Test Drive Unlimited, Solar Crown, Raven's Watch, 
Crown Wars, The Black Prince, and the new Terminator game, which was initially announced back in 2022. Yeah. Um, hopefully that Terminator game doesn't suck, I guess. Psst. But also, yeah. it's a survival game. I'm, that, that part has to be weird, uh, a little leery, but mm. sure. Uh, next up, though, there's a Pac-Man board game coming. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hatchet board games will release uh, Curador. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but Curador Pac-Man, a board game by Giga Mike. Uh, into retail June 24th. It's a limited edition uh, designed by Merkel Marchese and it was first released apparently in 1997. Um, of course, the players assumed the roles of Pac-Man and the ghosts and um, yeah, they do the Pac-Man thing it looks like. It's two to five players so if that is of interest to you uh, hey, check it out in June. Next up. All right. Um, Space Ghost gets his first solo comic in almost 20 years this summer. And it's been announced as part of a new line of cartoon-based licensed comics by Dynamite. uh, Following the recently released Thundercats number one. Written by David Peppos with art from Jonathan Lau. Space Ghost um, was announced in the back of Dynamite's Thundercats number one. Oh, you mean... There it is. I I wanted this. I've been wanting this to happen since um since that whole DC thing that they had a few years back where they had all the uh Hanna Barbera uh characters in, doing an event. I think it was called Future State or something something around that. Uh well maybe not Future State because there is a Future State, but it probably was knowing DC because they they do some craziness. But regardless, I've been wondering when they uh with all these other licenses uh coming about when is there going to be a space ghost cart uh, uh comic and here we go so may 2024 mm-hmm. so looking forward to that um but also speaking of peppos i believe he was the last one writing savage adventures so that's funny um yeah i, I don't there's nothing else really to say about that but um but that next up though uh, Thundercats 2 is going to debut a new character. Um, her name is Calico. Um, and yes, she's a Calico cat. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the um, concept art uh, for her. Or design sheet, excuse me, not concept art. Will Gleep the Space Monkey be there? Probably Jan and Jason Gleep will all be there. And I wonder if there's going to be a Team Force uh, show up. <laughs> the Team Force shows up. We'll... We don't know. But that was actually going back to that real quick. I was kind of wondering because like, well, one space goes to the uh, Hanna-Barbera product, which is owned by Warner Brothers. Why isn't DC doing this? They're just I licensing it. Yeah. Which, uh, which again, I think I said this when we first uh, found out of some of these other ones, like Thundercats is the same, it's the same boat. Um, so that's, that's weird, but, Hopefully somebody Dinobite will do right. Hopefully, but yeah. So Thundercats two, um, which is probably due out relatively soon, actually. Um, May, no man, that's not relatively soon. Um, hang, why? Hang on. 
It's February. It just came out. Why is it? Anyway, don't worry. Um, so she has tried to girl up for her pattern is distinctive black high patch around one eye. Uh, the new hero will be found amongst the wreckage of the of a mutant ship where she was a sp- prisoner. I guess spoiler alert, but mm-hmm. uh, she will also be established as a potential love interest for the Thundercats leader Lionel. Which, um, if you think about it, was not a thing back in the day. So next up. Alrighty. Uh, multiverses are all the rage these days, so apparently the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are getting in on that too. IGN exclusively revealed a big Turtleverse crossover happening in the pages of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Saturday Morning Adventures. This kicks off in issue number 12. Um, so this crossover happens when the classic 1987 animated turtles, butt shells, a, with the reality warping villain, Mr. Og as seen on this website, the animated turtles will be confronted with heroes from the various other animated and comic book TMNT projects. Honestly, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's so many different versions of the turtles that doing a multiverse story with all of them just makes sense. And I believe, well, yes, one, that the the character of Mr. Og is a pretty much a Mitzelplek-esque character who has shown up in the pages of that book previously, as I've talked about. But also, I believe the the current animated series also did a crossover of a couple of, uh, a couple of sets of Turtle iterations. So this is the thing that's been going on, definitely, um, for a while, so... Yeah, we'll talk about that book when the, when it comes up. Next up, though, uh, a classic TMNT hero is about to make a major heartbreaking comeback, and uh, that turtle is called Ninjara, uh, a former ally and love interest of Raphael. Uh, according to this article summary, may just be what the turtles turtles need. Uh, there's an upcoming storyline that will likely feature Ninjara as a formidable foe or potentially join forces with the Turtles in their battle against new foes. And I guess this is a spoiler for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja 147, which is on sale. So, yeah, I guess uh, Sophie Campbell's going to go out with a, with a, with a thing. Um... See, the 2000 series did a crossover with the 87 series. Yeah, uh, I guess that's what I was thinking of. And uh, Von Gloom also says, how many exes does Raphael have? Man, I don't even know. I haven't been keeping up with none of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, though. All right. So so you just did the heartbreaking comeback story, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, IDW Sonic the Hedgehog comic series will return from its break in May with exciting new designs for the upcoming arc. So in an exclusive to CBR, new information for Sonic the Hedgehog number 69 is provided along with three covers that give fans a, fans a glimpse of what's to come. Okay. Sure. Somebody's kids are, are happy for that. Um, right. <clears throat> Archie must purge a demon-infested Riverdale in new event series, Archie Comics Judgment Day. As he walks with, with the shadow of death, 16 men under that mission. Okay, we're not going to... Shout out to uh, Method Man. But uh, Judgment Day places Archie Andrews squarely at the center, acting as our hero, but with the power to choose who lives and who dies. Uh, can he truly remain a hero through and through? 
pondered uh, Archie Comics' Jesse Goldwater in a statement. Uh, this miniseries raises stakes more than any title that we've ever done before. You mean even the one where they killed off Archie? Okay. Um, the The entire fate of the world is in Archie's hands. So I guess this is, <laughs> instead of him being killed, uh, he's killing everyone. Or can it also sounds like death note weirdly enough but i don't i don't know i haven't been keeping up with what's going on with archie comics you said archie archie is in any everything yeah i mean hey they've been they've been doing a lot with a little so <laughs> next up so oh, joanna Frank. tan the, the elusive gun honey returns this year in a new action-packed series gun honey collision course is written by charles ardai with art by the talented Ang Hor Kang, uh, Gun Honey Collision Course Number One comes into stores on May fifteenth, twenty twenty four. Looking forward to it. I enjoy that series. It's so much just pulpy fun. Mm. Um, my apologies to the sensitive folks out there. There was a uh, a, a cover uh, in the article that was I thought would have been um, censored, uh, censored, but was not. <laughs> so. But yeah, I've been yeah because I remember you talking about this when you first read it, and I was like, yeah, I'm a, I'll, I'll check this out, and I never did. <laughs> I keep up with it when it comes out, so right. So there you go. Um, if you know about this series, hey, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> Next up, though, uh, Junie Bar puts a cool. Oh yeah, a, now I see the one that, that should have been censored. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junie Bob puts a cool cartoon spin on <laughs> Damian Wayne in new DC black label book, The Boy Wonder. So, uh, let's see. Uh, the new book, which is uh, described as an accessible and heart rendering, heart rending fairy tale written and drawn by Junie Ba. Uh, the five issue series explores Batman's son, sometimes difficult relationship with the other men who have been Robin. That is Nightwing, Red Hood, and Red Robin. In the series, which uh, launches in May, Batman has been called away on an urgent business. Um, never mind, I won't sing that. Uh, when rumors start spreading of a demon stalking the streets of Gotham, however, Damien must work together with the other Robins to save the day. So. I believe the term is called, <laughs> as, as Damien is tend to do, Black label and cartoony. Yeah, no, the the two don't seem to go together, but hey. I mean you can check out you can see the art style here uh in the uh the video version if you are so so choose to. So I guess you can get what a there's a weird samurai jack looking feel to um or at least that first image. So interesting. Also, uh, Von Gloom says, can't read Gun Honey on the train with those covers. No, you cannot. <laughs> you will get some looks. Next up. Mm. All right. So this summer, DC is collecting uh, Kurt Busiek's various work across 15 years and multiple different comic book series in an author-specific collection titled Superman by Kurt Busiek, book one. So this is scheduled to arrive July 16th. And it will include uh, the alt-universe story Superman's Secret Identity with Stuart Eminem, as well as uh, Busiek's mid-2000s runs on Action Comics and Superman, and also 1996's Superman, The Man of Steel Annual Number 5. Okay. 
This slightly reminds me of, um, I don't know why, but I should have put it in the thing, but Jim Lee had put out an image for that, um, for the Superman, Spider-Man uh, reprint that they're doing. Yeah, the Mar- yeah the Marvel crossover. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's out there on on the on the twitters. So if you if anybody interested, uh, but it'll, you might see it again next next week. Yeah, the cover, what I was going to say is the cover the cover that he's working on is actually the amalgam. Yes. So the one that he posted is the amalgam cover. Um, it, did he say he's also doing one for the um, the the Marvel crossover the the Marvel DC crossover one? I'm not sure. It's probably in the article that I have. But like I said, I, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't gotcha, gotcha. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, because that's the one I want to pick up. I don't really care about the amalgam one, but the one I would like to pick up is the crossover one. Yeah. Um, well, I did send you the link to the one that the two that are uh, pre-order, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But that's yeah. yeah. yeah that's the, the, I know. the crossover is the one I want. Yeah. Um, Bangalore says oh, amalgam had some good stories. I don't think I ever read them. We talked about this in the past. We won't go into it again. But I do have I have access to them, so I might. Check I bought them out. some of them. I bought right. some of them. I have some of them. I, you know, they were okay. Yeah, I've been meaning to check those out because I knew that was always a, that was a thing, but I had never like, especially during that time, because I think that was a '90s thing, correct? So I was definitely not mm-hmm. reading comics that heavily at the time. Yep, yep. So, mid mid '90s. Mm-hmm, so I missed out on that one. The, the Legion of Galactic Guardians oddly works. Yeah, all right. I'll check them out. Uh, Superman, Lobo, Power Girl, and more star in May's House of Brainiac comics because that doesn't sound familiar from the from the competition. Um, so DC has detailed books uh, releasing as a part of Action Comics' three month House of Brainiac crossover arc this May. House of Brainiac kicks off this April as the second arc of the Superman Superstars publishing initiative initiative excuse me uh the the first month sees the release of action comics is 1064 superman 13 power girl number eight superman house of brainiac special number one with a tie-in story in green lantern number 10 so yeah and then it just goes on to continue the schedule for then again uh solicitations are out for may uh 2024 so you can contact that out and show notes uh if you're so inclined Next up. All righty. So this summer, all of Amanda Waller's plans and schemes come to a head in a new DC comic book event that (laughs) threatens everyone with superpowers in the DC universe and sees Amanda Waller make the ultimate power move literally. So what happens when the Trinity of evil takes on the big DC Trinity of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman? Find out during a summer of absolute power. Hey. So the main story of Absolute Power will take place in a four-issue series from uh, Mark Wade and Dan Mora, launching in July. So no less than two one-shot special issues will lay the groundwork in the months prior. Okay. Yeah, so lots of Amanda Waller, you know, coming to a head. Which we saw coming. And we had, you yep. know, so that's, I guess, not surprised. I just didn't think it was going to be this soon. Remember when Marvel and DC they said they weren't going to they were going to slow down on doing events after uh, after event after event. Um, but also put a caveat on that, which they're making good on. <laughs> Here we are. Dan Mora is Mora is worth the price of a mention. Yeah, I love his art. Yeah, his art is great. So I I, I can kind of agree with that statement. 
Um, Watchmen co-creator Alan Moore's final comics will be published in October in a grimoire. Uh, let's see. The Moon and Serpent bumper book of magic has been in development for almost two years, according to the, uh, this article. It says here that it's designed as a clear and practical grimoire of the occult scientists, sciences, as well as a pictorial biography of many notable magicians. Uh, the 352-page hard book, hardback book will be released and published this October. It's a unique mix of writing, illustration, comics, uh, including what seems to be Alan Moore's last works in a sequential art following his retirement from the medium and advice on how to perform rituals and cast spells. If that doesn't sound like an Alan Moore book at this point, I don't know. <laughs> the man's been looking more and more like a wizard, you know, and I don't even yeah. say uh, evil or good, but either way, <laughs> that sounds like the most Alan Moore book uh, ever. Yep. And so Alan Moore wrote a book of spells. Grant Morrison has 24 hours to respond. You're so silly. <laughs> Fine, Bloom says. Um, yep. So, yeah, if, if that uh, stokes your flames, hey, there you go. You got you have only until October to uh, check that out. I'm, I'm very kind of curious, honestly. I have not read too much Alan Moore stuff, but stuff like this is kind of um, it's kind of a curiosity, honestly. Next up, Image Comics has announced the Blood Squad 7, a new series that seeks to explore 90s super team dynamics through a contemporary lens. And it spins out of Image's new Dutch miniseries. Uh, this series, Blood Squad 7, launches in May from Joe Casey and artist Paul Fry. According to Image, the upcoming series will reveal what would happen if the extreme leather pouch-clad superheroes of the 1990s returned to action following a 30-year absence. Good lord. Wildcat says hello? I don't know. <laughs> but it's Joe Casey. I, I'm not surprised by that, so... Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, like, uh, you know, I know they, they tried to bring Wildcats back in right. D.C., so... That's, yeah, which is why, I, you know... Well, yeah. That, so, um, yeah, the art list does look look pretty good here. Um, so, go figure. Okay, that was weird. Blood Squad Seven. <laughs> it's yeah, a catchy title, though. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, where's the life field cover? And I think I found it. No, it's not. That's Jim Rugg. No, it's no, no, no. It's a, it's a, what you call it? It's an homage by Jim Rugg. I know, I know. That's what I said. I, I, just, okay. I just noticed who actually did it. But, it was, but I was actually looking for a life field cover. But that's about as close, this is as close as we're getting. Yep. So, anyway. Um, Oni to launch new EC Comics line. So, um, uh, EC stands for Entertaining Comics. Good to know, I guess. Um, wait, was that always what it's, it was called? What? The EC EC Comics. I remember EC back. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, uh, the first new comics under the imprint since 1956 in cooperation with William N. Gaines Agent uh, Inc. I believe, isn't that the uh, founder of Mad Magazine? Um, the line will launch in July 2024 and begin in August. Will uh, And beginning in August will consist of at least two monthly series in the classic uh, EC genres, horror, science fiction, fantasy, and others. Um, so yeah, go only press next up. It has no feet. So it's life. Oh, that's funny. 
Next up. So writer Chip Zdarsky and artist Chris Anka are returning to the world they created in the 2019 two-issue miniseries The White Trees with a three-issue miniseries The Whisper Queen. Uh, this is set in a fantasy world called Black Sand. And uh, the first issue of The Whisper Queen will be published on May 1st, 2024. And uh, there's a reprint of White Trees going to be available on May 8th. Okay. <laughs> I think white trees, I think something totally different. I think black sands, I think of a video game. But hey, <laughs> go on ahead. Um, Star Trek 7 of 9 will return in a new novel uh, called P- Picard Farewell. Uh, let's see. Oh, apparently, it's coming out in the next couple of days February 27th, 2024. Uh, written by David Mack. Uh, it's 336 pages and a hardcover. And I guess focusing on seven, seven of nine. Oh, uh, Firewall. Wait, it's Firewall, not Farewell. I to- said that totally wrong. Sorry. Firewall focuses on the former Borg character of Seven of Nine. Actually links up with a notorious band of uh, space vigilante- vigilantes. And we have an exclusive chapter, chapter exhort, uh, excerpt to share below, according to the Space.com article. Um, and I guess this is taking place during the time of Star Trek Picard, hence the, uh, the, the name. Next up, and lastly, which you get the good one. <laughs> it's Mad Cave Studios' 10-year anniversary, and, and what better way to celebrate it than to announce... Their 2024 Gotcha Man publishing program. So the Gotcha Man license originally acquired in 2023 from Tatsunoko Productions will feature an exciting new rollout of content featuring an ongoing series with a subsequent volume one trade release, individual character one shots and a Galactor miniseries. That's cool. So in May, the ongoing series starts. It's written by Cullen Bunn with art by Chris Batista. Uh, let's see here. The all new series begins with Gotcha Man number zero available as a free promotional item at participating retailers worldwide on free comic book day, 2024, Saturday, May 4th. That's cool. Yeah. So we knew about the, 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 the Gotcha Man series. The, the rest of this, um, is new information. The, the one shots and the Galactor, um, miniseries. So uh, apparently, according to this, Ken is going to get a one shot, and June the Swan's going to get one. And like uh, in addition to uh, the the Galactor uh, mini series, I should probably keep this because I'm no. I'm at some point when we get to talking about those books, I'm going to be like, was this a mini series or not? And <laughs> right, 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 right. So, it's fun to see uh, new uh, Gotcha Man art. Yes, um, yes, yes, indeed. Did you happen to get pull the trigger on the? Uh, I did the box set. Yes, you did. Okay, I nice. did. I do have it. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. That art looks pretty good, and and so I'm I'm looking forward to this series. I'm hoping we're going to get um um some copies, review copies of the thing. If not, I'll just go buy physical. But you know, I hope so too. Yeah, I, I know. There is a possibility we do have access to some uh, Mad Cave stuff by by means, but 
whether we're officially going to get it or not, we'll just see. But yeah, like I said, that was some good news to go out on because, uh, yeah, no, so fans have got your man around these parts. Um, and that, folks, is the end of the news section. Can we get one last ad read? We've been on for a while, folks. It's late. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, uh, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today! Alrighty, folks, that brings us to the end of another show. I know this is a long one, but it was a lot of information. Uh, there was a lot of things to go through. It probably should not be as bad next week. Um, but we shall see. We'll probably be <laughs> doing it again. With that, I am have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. Find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Uh, PC underscore dirt on Twitter, pop culture net on Twitter, pop culture network.com is on all the umbrella sites they're in. And Tim D O G G nine, eight on Twitter. Pop. Uh, oh, nope. Sorry. Um, CB cron on Twitter, which is the comic book chronicles, Twitter account, uh, the click nation on Twitter, T H E K L I Q N A T I O N the click nation.com. And, um, uh, Excuse me. Um, and of course, he is over at comicbook.com writing his face off. Uh, good night, Vine Gloom. Appreciate you coming through. Uh, Have a good you night. Can, Peace. Yeah. You can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Networks. Uh, that's CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Gia. Yeah. Um, that's it. Thursday nights, normally when we record uh, on the YouTube channel of the Click Nation, that's youtube.com slash the Click Nation, and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to click like, subscribe, hit that notification button so you know when we are broadcasting live. And leave Here. us all the positive reviews. There it is. And with that, folks, uh, we will be back next week for another uh, episode. This it has should be our regularly scheduled time. Yes, should be. <laughs> but if anything changes, obviously, you know, we'll uh, we will say so one way or the other on um on our socials. So but with that, this has been the Comic Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. And knowing is half the battle. 